0: Welcome, everybody. This is the Select Board meeting uh, for uh, December 5, 2023, our new 6 p.m. starting time. Just remember to book that for the future, that we're starting at 6 going forward. Uh, We're disclosing that we are video recording, as we always tell you, and we take a moment to appreciate troops serving around the globe. Thank you. We have an appointment first with Georgia treasurer collector to appoint kelly and ryan associates as deputy tax collector good evening good
1: evening
2: i am here this evening um, to get your authorization as um, the, uh, the appointing board to appoint a new deputy uh, tax collector the town of medfield was quite fortunate to have a deputy tax collector for at least 32 years. I've, I worked with RDT Associates for 32 years. Um, and unfortunately, Mr. Tartaglia passed away four weeks ago, and the company has ceased. Um, so we have transitioned um, Can we our- interrupt real
3: quick, you guys? They're having an issue with audio. So if you can just, because I, I know people want to hear you. Um, just check to see, because we've gotten comments from people, microphones muted, or
2: uh, something's going on with audio. Are we good? That's okay. Okay. You want me to start over?
0: Yes, please start okay. over. Sorry.
2: So I am here this evening uh, to get your authorization as my appointing board um, to appoint a new deputy tax collector for the town of Medfield. Uh, previously, the deputy tax collector was appointed by the tax collector. His name was Richard Tartaglia and he had his business called RDT Associates. Richard passed away four weeks ago, and his company has um, unfortunately now closed. We have been working with Kelly and Ryan, um, who services about 175 communities in the state of Massachusetts um, and offers uh, deputy tax collecting services. Per um, Chapter 60 of Mass General Laws, Section uh, Chapter 92, um, we are authorized um, to appoint, or I am authorized to appoint, a new deputy tax collector. So I am here to um, get your authorization to do so.
4: Questions? Goes, could, could you just explain what a deputy tax collector Absolutely.
2: Is. Most importantly, the deputy tax collector does That's not true. cost the town of Medfield anything. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the deputy tax collector makes his fees off of delinquent taxpayers so a deputy tax collector for the town of medfield is appointed in order to collect past due excise tax bills once um, so original bill goes out 30 days later it goes on demand 14 days later it goes on warrant and then two weeks later you get marked at the registry and you can't renew a transact and you can't renew a license or a registration so that is where your deputy tax collector comes in to ensure, to mark the bills at the registry and to sh- ensure the proper collection for the town. So his fees are $29 per bill. Hmm. Um, so it does not cost the town anything. Uh, he will be printing our bills and mailing our bills, um, just as Richard used to do before, at no cost to the town. All of our bills, Georgia? Our excise tax bills. All the yes. excise Yes, this tax is just tax. for excise tax. OK. Um, and I've had, um, Great recommendations from other towns. Um so far it's been seamless. Uh we've we're we're in a test database right now and we should be going live on Thursday.
4: He's not like you know the TV show where the repo <laughs> man comes and gets the car. He doesn't do that. It's all just the legal paperwork. Oh or, yeah, or he, or he it, does. It's
2: all legal paperwork, yeah. Oh,
4: just the legal paperwork. Yes. not Okay. Okay.
2: Where are they based out of again? Oakdale. Oh, Oakdale. Oh, okay.
3: And if there's a dispute, if somebody says my excise tax bill is too high or too low,
2: that's not for him to take care of it. That has nothing to do with the the, uh, excise tax bills are produced by the Registry of Motor Vehicles. So valuation issues um, fall under the RMV. The deputy tax collector collects on behalf of myself once the bill gets marked at the Registry of Motor Vehicles. Because as a tax collector, I don't have access to the registry. The deputy tax collector has access to the registry. I don't.
3: Okay, just want to make sure if somebody says. Sure, that
2: absolutely. That, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, sounds and good.
2: 14,000 bills go out in February. <laughs> and how of the percentage of bills that
3: go out, how many are late or not paid? or?
2: Usually, uh, 14,000 bills get uh, sent out in February. That's the largest commitment. And by the time we get to demand, which is the second notice, it's about 3,000 bills.
0: Wow. Really? No.
2: It's not More too bad.
0: More cars than people. Interesting.
2: Uh, yes, the average household has four.
4: That includes trailers, though, because I get one for my boat trailer, yes. five dollars a yes. year. Yes,
2: yes, <laughs> those five dollar bills are tough once they get on warrant. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> so, if you have um, no other questions, no I more will... questions. Uh, okay, uh, that's right. Eileen, do you have
0: a motion for All right, us?
3: So, I motion to uh, approve Georgia Kalovis, ter- Treasurer Collector, to appoint Kelly and Ryan Associates as deputy. Deputy Tax Collector.
0: Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay,
5: great. Thank Thanks you. George, I appreciate
0: week. it. Next, we have the Dog Control Bylaw Committee presentation of recommendation for possible bylaw. And no one's here to do that. Or is they are they online?
6: <laughs> Mark, are you being flagged <laughs> for that or?
7: So I came here to support Jill, who I believe is supposed to
0: be. All right. So we'll hold that then. Um,
3: yeah, I wonder if some people may not be aware that we shifted from seven to six. So
0: So um,
3: And Alex is here so we can Max
0: classification hearings at seven, so we can't do that. So we'll go to Alex Stevens. Alex, thank you for coming.
3: <laughs> Better factory. Thanks of for being, being our, our
0: <laughs> fill in. Plus you have good materials. Thank you for those. <laughs> All right.
8: Thank you for having me back. I need to state who I am and where I'm from and all that. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Alex Stevens from 86 Phillips Street in Medfield. Um, I was here back in April. If we can just start the. Uh... There, we go.
6: Oh, yeah. there we go. There we go. There we go yeah so i came back in april we can go to the next
8: the next one there um to talk about the bridges that lead out of the pond on our property um and those bridges go over the two outlets of mill brook or mine brook depending upon what map you look at um the concern that i brought up then was based on the failure of both of those bridges over the past several years the wooden bridge that uh everyone's familiar with by the waterfall there that got uh, rebuilt in 2016, and then this past spring, the granite culvert that uh, collapsed into the stream. Um, and uh, since then, we 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 had in that meeting, I asked if we could reinstate what was a uh, three-ton weight limit on that uh, bridge because of the uh, damage that was being done to the bridges and the roadway, and my concern about the. Um, ability to discharge water during a high water event. So um, the consensus was at that time that there was not a historical documentation that showed why the or how that three ton weight limit sign that I had the picture of where it came from and who installed it and what the scientific basis of of it was. So um, aside from the the water management, there's also damages to the bridge and also uh, safety issues. So if we could go to the next uh, slide. So this is an example of um, the upper left there is, I have a pond monitoring system that keeps track of the level in our pond. So that graph there where it goes out of the white zone, which is the, uh, the sort of my safe zone up into the red, it happened overnight on April 10th. And what I figured out had happened is that the beaver dam at Fork Factory Brook had either been tampered with or dismantled. So all that water that's between Hartford Street and Main Street sent down um, showed up in my yard that morning. So when the water gets that high, we have that old dam that I need to release the water. And so the pictures on the right show examples of what that looks like. So that sluiceway fills up pretty much up to the top of those granite stones. And in 2016, you can see the bridge on the right picture there. All the granite... um, uh, you know foundation of that bridge toppled over into the stream so that makes it difficult to um to send the water out without flooding over the tops of the sluice way there if we can go to the next uh oh you can see pictures of (coughs) pictures of the water moving i forgot that i included the (laughs) action videos yeah Um, such
0: good materials
8: (laughs) thank you um so one of the things that came up in the meeting in april was uh that we couldn't just sort of arbitrarily Put a weight limit on the bridge without doing an engineering study and that there was a requirement i guess for vehicular access to other residences in town that are on the far side of that bridge from the main part of town it's just uh, by my count there are 26 houses that are not accessible without going across either the bridge at our house or the bridge uh, on elm street that does have the three ton weight limit already um and I, I mean, I definitely see people coming through that are like, uh, you know, uh, the Amazon delivery guy or the UPS guy that are going to our neighbor's house or their landscaping guys. So that's fine. But if we, um, I, I had set up a camera, well, to catch trespassers earlier, which has been resolved, but I put the camera there to look and see what vehicles were going through. And, um, you know, sort of got a collection of what goes by on a day-to-day basis, um, and what happens is when the when large trucks go by, the road is so narrow and the shoulders are kind of eroded that they drive right down the middle of the street. Um, so if we go to the uh, the next one, I think I have an action video of. Uh, these are just pictures of the. So I will uh, f- say thanks to Maurice and his crew. They fixed the right picture there, where the where the um, pavement was deteriorated and the metal plate that's shown there was coming loose. Mm-hmm. Um, but the roadway is pretty narrow, and um, if you go to the next one, what ends up happening, if you play that video, is that the car pulls into the driveway while the runner's going by, and then the landscaping trucks go by, and there's not enough room for the people, the trucks, and the car to all go by at once. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they end up driving on the lawn or driving into the driveway. But, um, and that that picture was just a landscaping truck, which I'm assuming was going to somebody else's house. But on the next slide, um,
3: yeah Coca-Cola cool, and Polar
8: no Yeah, we got those guys I, I don't know if they're coming from Shaw's or Brothers or wherever they're going but you can see they're going uh right down the middle of the street uh in both cases and that's you know not exclusive to those guys um so the next the next one is uh other things that have come by we got you know the 10-wheeler dump truck towing uh an excavator 10-wheeler full of gravel a well-drilling rig. Um, so that's kind of the, I think it's mostly because there's people doing cut-throughs of, you know, Waze says, oh, the best way to get from Medfield to Walpole or wherever they're going is to take this road, and it doesn't consider the narrowness of the road or those bridges. Um, so the next one, this is sort of what I'm here asking for help with, is um, my main concern is I don't want to be in another situation where the Culvert or the bridge needs to be repaired, specifically if it would uh, make it difficult for me to maintain the pond level. Um, But there's also the safety issues of the, of you know, like like I showed in the pictures and videos of the road being uh, too narrow or uh, not wide enough for cars and people and bicycles and dog walkers to go by. And I think, I mean, I don't know anything, any of the, uh, you know. Procedural or legal requirements to do this, but I was thinking, if if the engineering study was required to do um, a weight limit assessment, if it was possible to do something like just a you know local delivery only or no through truck uh, kind of uh, signage for that area, or any other suggestions just for how to um, both keep the bridges in operations and and uh, preserve that town paid infrastructure, and also make it. Uh, you know, not as dangerous for people going by or, so those are my, that's my my ask for help.
0: Alec, can you, maybe before we go on to the questions and, and Mr. Sorrell's got a comment in a moment, but maybe can you explain to people how actively you monitor the water level in that pond?
8: Yeah. so the, the, the little graph that I showed is a, uh, well, so I back up a second. For work, I do data monitoring for buildings. So I know about this, Kind of stuff. So I installed one of the old units from our work, and it just has a sensor that measures the pond level. And whenever the pond level goes above, uh, you know, getting close to the threshold of the top of the the, the dam, it sends me a text. Um, so if it's raining, I look at it to see where it is. If it's um, if I get a text, I go out and make adjustments. So that's that whole system was an improvement over me going out there in the middle of the night during a rainstorm with a flashlight and a ruler or whatever to see how much uh, freeboard or whatever you want to call it, how much excess capacity I had. Um, but I make adjustments pretty much every time there's a heavy rainstorm or uh, you know, like I said, the Beaver Dam uh, dismantling that happened back in April. If there's a heavy snow melt or rain while there's snow on the ground, that'll cause the snow to melt. Anytime we get more than like a half an inch of rain, I have to do something.
0: Yep, so it's active.
8: And the reason, I mean, the reason the dam was designed that way is because it was an old mill and the mill was they wanted to capture the water and use it to run the sawmill and the grist mill that used to be there. So it's not a sort of set it and forget it dam where it just has an infinite capacity spillway. So it's a it's, you know, I guess that's why I was the only one who made an offer on the house. I don't
0: know. <laughs> We're fortunate to have you as the keeper of the, the, the keep, sluice
8: ways. The keeper of the dam. Yeah. Uh,
0: Mr. Sorrell.
7: So uh, Mo and the police chief could probably speak to this better than I, but generally when you're talking about either prohibiting or restricting uh, truck traffic or weight limits, whatever, mass DOT uh, has oversight and you have to meet their requirements.
0: Okay. So Mo, we'll hear from you in a second, but let me just check with my colleagues and see if they have any questions first. Uh, Mo? Uh, Mo. Gus, (laughs) sorry. (laughs)
4: So Alec, when I, when I go through this, the way, I may not be looking, only actually, let me back up one. The dam that you have there, you, if the water level rises, you take action. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a reason why you don't just leave the dam at a, at a spill level? That if it does rise, I'm, I'm guessing when it rises, you drop the level that the water can go over the dam. What, is
8: there a reason why? So there's, why? So there's, a dumb question, I there's uh, five different ways I can get water out of the pond. Okay. Like a six if you count leaking. But there's three uh sixteen inch diameter valves that I can manually open. Mm-hmm. There's one, I call it the well, I probably shouldn't say what I call it, but the <laughs> oh my goodness valve <laughs> which okay. drains from the bottom and can let a lot of water out. And there's um then there's the spillway that makes the little waterfall that people look at and take yeah. pictures of from the bridge. And so that spillway, uh if there's not a rain event, that ma- that manages the level. Um, but it's only about 35 inches wide. And when there's a large inflow of water, that's not enough to discharge all the water. So if someone was designing, like for example, down at Stony Brook in Norfolk, they have a dam where the spillway is, I don't know, 30 feet wide versus three feet wide. So the, the three foot wide spillway is only really enough during periods of no rain or no upstream uh, events like the Beaver Dam.
4: All right, that, that actually answers, my, gives me an answer to my comment. When I read through your materials and thought back about when you came to us back in the spring, the way I looked at the information you provided, I said, well, actually, there are four issues here. And one of them I think you just addressed. One of the issues I had, I thought I saw in your materials, was the issue of that sluice way not being capable of handling
8: the volume of water that could come through there. So it was a design issue. It's, the, but i guess to, to I be clear I, though it's not the the sluice way under the road so far as for as long as i've been there has not been the issue okay um except for when the stones all collapsed into right. it and that was right. when the bridge was failing so that so that take that one off the list so that, it's really it's really if the if the roadway uh abutments to the river collapse into the river mm-hmm. which happened on you know once in 2016 and once this past year yep Um, that's what, and then there's a rain event. Then I don't know where the water would go. It would flood Phillips street or fill my front yard with water or whatever. I'm not sure.
4: Okay. Okay. So at any rate, I was, I was sitting and saying, so are we talking about a complete redesign of how the water flows? And the answer is no. No. Uh, so that, that's helpful. Uh, from there I said, well, and then there's, I guess I combined two issues. One is the issues you're talking about, about if there's enough water. There's literally part of the abutment of the bridge can collapse, could potentially collapse or has has collapsed into the water in the past, which to me was a question around fundamental bridge design. Uh, is there something wrong with the way the bridge is designed to where that can happen? There's Then the third issue for me was the safety issue, which is, is the bridge... Designed to handle the weight of the trucks that are
8: going over. That's just okay. pure safety. Right. So from what I was told, and Mo, you could chime in, is that when the new bridge, that was the wooden bridge that was built in 2016, mm-hmm. was designed for whatever the prevailing weight limit of the roads is. Like it's not a, uh, there's not a limitation to that bridge. But there's all, the one that collapsed in this past spring, is. Uh, I don't Circa eighteen, whatever. Yeah. It's just uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. sort of like granite posts laid on their side, like a miniature Stonehenge, that the road is paved on top of that. So that's that's what collapsed into the into the water of right. the spring. But that one's been rebuilt. It was with the same. I mean, rebuilt or repaired? It was built. It had. Well, to, I mean, there was one piece of granite was installed to replace the one that had broken in half. So there's maybe I don't know six or eight long sections of granite like a fence post laid on its side that go Mm -hmm. across and then the road is on top of that one of those is what cracked when that fell into the water the substrate of the road underneath the gravel and dirt and whatever all went into the water and then the roadway it was just the asphalt hanging in midair and it was like Lake coyote like help and it all made a sinkhole
4: so mo this is probably a question for you what I, what I'm assuming maybe it's a bad assumption is that I believe that was a state project right we may have done it but that was a the state first... project I think and my and my only question is when the state design when that bridge was repaired somebody did the design for the repair yep. I would assume that design was designed for a certain weight limit.
9: So um, in, in 2016, when I came, the, uh, the bridge had some, some issues. We went for a small municipal grant from the state. Yep. They gave us uh, money to, to have that rebuilt. So the new bridge there, the state ran that project and built that bridge to the standards of today that would take. Um, they don't have any restrictions on that bridge. So there shouldn't be any issues with the bridge itself for vehicular traffic going over, whether it's large trucks or smaller vehicles.
4: So. Okay, okay, that's where I was headed to. I was thinking that there was a weight limit. Now I, don't this, think, now I don't think you bridge. just use a weight limit as a means of controlling traffic. A weight limit has a technical con- connection to the design of the bridge that it's being applied to, right? Right, sure.
9: So as far as the, the culvert that the water passes through, yep. there was a granite stone, the capstone, if you will, that, that cracked and fell into the, uh, the sluice way. So we went out there and we replaced that with another piece of granite to to match that. Now, that's been there for, you know, hundreds of years or a hundred years anyways. So for it to collapse or for another one to collapse, you know, that's unpredictable uh, of when or Mm -hmm. or if it would ever do that again. Um, But, you know, both areas have been repaired. So it's it's a matter of whether or not you want to pursue a, uh, a low limit in that area. Um, if that's a concern but uh, you know we're pretty confident that right now everything is is working as it should
4: I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is and I, I don't know so I'm just trying to I'm using intuition which may or not, may not be relevant what i'm what I'm getting at is if the bridge was designed perhaps for no meaningful load limit at all I'm assuming that we couldn't just decide we're going to make up a load limit that's more around the kinds of vehicles we want to go over the bridge and we make it look like it's a load limit on the bridge but we're really doing it to restrict what can go over the bridge because we don't want certain traffic on the road i'm assuming that's not actually how you can use weight limits on bridges so my where i was going with this originally was if the bridge was designed for three tons then i would say well without doubt we should put a you know even if we have even if there's no historic proof we ought to be able to figure out what the design limit was for the bridge that's actually there that was just put in, and if that design limit was three tons, then who cares what the history was? Do just we know put what the bridge
0: limit on the uh, ground There was no bridge? restrictions no, on that
9: bridge. bridge, so it's it's it, there's no restrictions on that bridge. Right. So that there's no weight limit there's no weight it. limit on that. But bridge. to be to do you be, you know,
0: from a safety standpoint, what the proper weight limit is?
9: I do
8: not. Yeah. but to be clear, there's two bridges, one after like they're within um, 50 feet of each other 100 feet of each other the one is the one that has no weight limit on it that was built in 2016 and the other is the 1800s, 1800s yeah. mm-hmm. granite that collapsed in uh, this past spring yep. and i mean to your point mo i I'd, I'd, who knows it could you know you could have a million trucks go over it and nothing would happen or it could be broken right now and i'll find out when i get home but <laughs> um i mean i think from an engineering perspective that's probably the weaker link Um, although in the picture that I had there before of the, you know, the guys were out there this week in advance of the Angel Run patching the, um, the asphalt there, that's only been in the past five years that the asphalt around the bridge is already, um, was already kind of, uh, deteriorating there. And then also on the- Around around which bridge? The new one, the 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 2016 wooden bridge.
0: Yeah, that's the picture that you had then. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
8: So I-
4: So what's behind my comments is I'm looking for a legitimate, if we are going to do something, I'm looking for the legitimate rationale to justify doing it. That's really where I'm coming from. And I'm not not trying to fight a problem. I'm just trying to figure out what, if there is a legitimate rationale that would be recognized and accepted that would allow us to do anything like that. And I,
8: I think right now I'm hearing no. Well, I mean, I think you'd have to have a, somebody with a structural engineering degree say, okay, this granite structure, you know, the the column or the capstones are yeah. six inches by
4: eight inches. Yeah, what I'm you. suggesting is that when the state designed this bridge that just went in, and I assume there was a structural So, the br- so I think it, there's two different
9: things. There's, there's, two two, two, there's a bridge and a culvert. Yeah. So the bridge that we replaced in 2000s it's actually, uh, I believe, 2017 when we finished, was um, done by the state, and that has no restrictions on right. it. The culvert that uh, Alec is, is referring to is the water goes through that culvert from his pond when he releases the water.
10: Right. Okay. That's under the bridge. No, 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 no. no that's the under bridge.
9: the road. That's under the road. It's a culvert under the road.
3: Can I do one quick? So, Gus, if you're going down Elm Street and you're heading towards um, Philip, Mm-hmm. you've gone over the wooden bridge and you start to go to the left a little, and mm-hmm. then there's that second bridge that's just kind of into the road. You don't see it as a bridge. Moe's calling but... it a
0: culvert, but uh, Alex is calling it a, a second bridge. Right. So it's 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 the 1800s, granite. right? So okay, I mean, I stuff, somebody can up. figure out what the weight limit of that is, I'm sure. Eileen, do you have any questions before we go to then, Mark? I,
3: I do, because that, that's like one of my running routes, right? So I do know it very well. And when I just saw the Coca-Cola truck and the Polar truck, it, like that's... Scary, beyond scary. Because yeah. then once they go over that bridge, it's a sharp right. Yeah. The idea of anybody, whether it be a young driver, a regular driver, somebody on a bike or a runner, not anticipating a Coca-Cola 18-wheeler on a road. I mean, this goes back to the conversation we had at a selectman's meeting, probably nine months ago or so, when we talked about Causeway and what Causeway was originally designed for was horse and buggy, which I believe your road was. Sure. And then over time, people have built homes. It's become a a a a uh, cut-through street coming from Walpole into Medfield. And I'm sure that Google Maps and Waze has encouraged that more than back 20 years ago. Um, so what I'm thinking, though, is I know later in this meeting, we're going to talk about the, the truck exclusion for Curve Street. And and so my question goes to you now, Mo. Mm-hmm. Some of the, the guidance that Beta provided to us based on the study they did on truck exclusion for Curve I start to apply to what I'm hearing here. Is that similar?
9: So, are you looking at a truck exclusion or are you looking at a load limit?
3: Well, I think it it's one well, is bridges. it they're one of
9: both, both totally two different studies. Yeah, oh, good.
3: All right. So, if we were to say a load limit yeah. and and then they came and they saw that yes, this is a great multi-million dollar bridge that was installed <laughs> and developed in 2017, but it's right next to an 1800 stone bridge that was never designed to have Coca-Cola and Polar go back to back over the road gosh knows how many times a week or a month, let alone a year, that, yeah, I, I mean, that to me is 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 well worth the investment because th- we shouldn't have trucks going down that road. That road was never designed for what you just shared with us.
0: So I think, Mo, I, I my answer would be we're looking for a solution, uh, whatever that solution is, and, and we don't have the expertise to do it. But I think maybe if you, that's the sort of thing you could look into for I us could, and get back to us it. with yeah because it doesn't make any sense to me because that that, you know an 18 wheeler coca-cola truck is not delivering to the houses of the
8: 26 houses, one of my neighbors could have a bad coca-cola habit.
0: (laughs) You have heck of a parties in your neighborhood that's all I can say so um, Mr Sorrell.
7: yeah so I think you need to look at the big picture, because DOT, in my experience is really pushes back when there's any attempt to restrict free traffic. And if you focus on the older bridge you're liable to get yourself in a position where they just tell you to upgrade the bridge so you're going to look at the big picture that that it's a narrow country road. That was never intended as a through road, there are in proximity numbered highways let alone through roads, that could be used mm-hmm. and, and make the argument on that basis, the big picture.
0: Yeah. yeah well maybe you and, and mo can consult and come up with a solution for us maybe we make it into a toll road so that yeah i've got
8: another
4: no, i've got another question out just to be it's sure what what, what your intent is that i have a hard time i saw the two pictures of the semis and i'm sitting there if i were a semi truck driver i wouldn't voluntarily choose to go down that road Sometimes unless I had, yeah unless they i was leaving brothers and i was going somewhere in walpole That would make it sense because I wouldn't want to be on that road.
7: Stop and shop in Walpole.
4: It may be, but my point is, I'm wondering how many semis choose to go down that road because I sure as heck wouldn't. the The real question I had, though, was you. When we talk about excluding trucks, it's one thing to say no Coca-Cola trucks, no Polar trucks. It's another thing to say no trucks that are like that because the other pictures you had of the dump truck, the well truck, the, uh, the other thing there that had the, the, the roller and the X, you know, the, that looks like, so probably a blacktop, you know, driveway company. I just want to make sure what you're asking for. I'm assuming the intention here is not to restrict all trucks, including trucks that people might bring in to do work on their yard. to 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 include landscaping trucks because i can tell you the the picture you showed of the landscaping truck there you can be in that spot in front of the peak house on 109 with the landscapers they park and they just park out there and you lose one lane right i mean so so it's not exclusive to there so so my question is: Are you, you know, are you saying get rid of
0: all that stuff? We're just looking for a solution, Gus, and we don't well, have it here. Tonight. Wanna, so what we're asking I, is for Paul and Pete? Mark to come
1: back with
4: a solution. Can I finish my question, Pete? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, but hurry up, please. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to. So, so the question is: What are you asking? For? Are you saying no trucks at all? Are you saying this is a very narrow road? We'd like it widened so we have enough room for cars and trucks to go in two lanes, plus people running on the road. What is it we're actually talking about trying to do here? How about, well, no, I was
8: gonna, I'll, I'll try to answer your question seriously. Yep. Um, I don't know the answer. I don't, like, I don't have a predetermined solution in mind. Mm-hmm. My, that's why I came to the meeting was to ask for help in figuring this out. Okay. Um, okay. If the recommendation is, um, you know, a, an engineering study, like we talked about before, or like what was suggested for the curve street, scenario that's fine if there's something that could be done without an engineering study that's fine but the concern that i have is primarily not having my dam wash out if, if the thing collapses again yeah. but then also not like watching somebody get run over in my front yard if the coca-cola truck or whoever else is driving down the middle of the road and runs somebody mm-hmm. you know runs somebody over so like, yeah, you're
0: looking for a solution. So you know, does this make sense that we're we're trying to put something in place that that Mo and, and, and uh Mark can work with you and try Sure.
8: I'm happy with?
4: to I'm happy to with the number one priority being that your dam not wash out because of the way the water is coming in or because of some failure of the road.
11: Well
8: yeah, I mean that's that's the thing I worry about the most, but I also walk down the road and walk my dog down the road and ride my bike down the road and but you, but, you know
3: So, you know, I'd love to find out is, is this, this, the road, the access road that I believe these delivery trucks are using are also using Walpole streets, right? Roads in Walpole. I'd love to know, Mo, if, if there are, if there are comments, concerns from Walpole residents that go along that same road that, that allows these delivery trucks to come off of one a and come into medfield or vice versa um because then it's 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 a it's a solution for two towns yeah. because if they're yeah. entering leaving your road they're coming in somewhere else and i know i've done that back road coming off of um yeah, coming, high street leaving a stop
0: that. shop in, in walpole
3: so oh, if
8: you take if you take elm street and it turns into high street when you get into walpole that's also you know narrow and twisty so and maybe
0: that's uh, uh, an argument frank for adding you to this working group to have an inter Municipal arrangement with Walpole find out if they have any issues about this as well. Sure. And so, so can we uh, assign that to you guys and you can come back with some ideas for us? Sure. Mr. Uh, Massaro. Just, just Microphone. Sir, speeding problem on the street.
8: Uh, not of heavy trucks, but of cars there is yeah,
12: yeah
0: they, they...
8: we have we've had uh, neighbors request uh, Chief Garret to have patrols on the road, and they come on a semi regular basis uh, I did talk to one of the officers who said she'd pulled over six people the previous day, so
3: well, and if a truck's driving right down the middle of the road, that's an infraction, either on your side of the road or you're not. And if, <laughs> if you can't drive the truck down that road, so, that right there is a red flag.
8: Yeah,
4: the problem is it's, a narrow, it's like Pine Street. Well, that, then, that's not realistic. That's actually not something you can do on a narrow road, even in a car.
3: But, but then common sense says a truck of that size. I mean, two cars but, can go down Phillips Street on, on, on no, no problem. Right, I've done it many a times, so but Frank a truck and, like that and, is a little scary. And uh,
0: Mo, maybe you could uh, include the chief uh, police in your uh, working group and see if there's some way, if there's enforcement that we can create a scenario that uh,
13: that works for for the town. Sure. I also just want to know <clears throat> there was a comment online, um, extra uh, from um, Nolan Mayor, extra insight. There is a Redgate Farm trailhead above the curve, which has lots of hikers and cyclists, which are in danger if those trucks come down.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna work on this and get back then and you'll be part of that group i hope alex have... of course okay
13: and i
8: will be looking to hear from somebody oh, do you want gonna... to take the lead on this or sure. frank or yeah yeah we'll okay. get together and we'll all
0: right thank you guys
8: thank you Alex. okay thanks, alex. happy holidays to all
0: <laughs> and to
8: you thank you brad
0: thanks for taking care of the water level and jewel pond <laughs> um dog control bylaw committee is now ready to proceed jill thank you for coming angel we changed our start time to confuse you
14: all right i'm jill radosta of 36 long meadow road resident of medfield for the last 22 years and i was voted as chair of the dog committee Um, we did submit the recommendations to the select board we um, came up with some ideas, some recommendations, and we're looking at this as a, what Eileen mentions, quote, unquote, a crawl, walk, run. And so we're looking to see as phase one of this you know, recommendation for the dog committee is um, that we change the bylaw from a voice control to on-leash, except in designated areas that were actually designed through the charter that was given to us from the town. Mm -hmm. So we worked diligently for the last, just about 10 months um, from March to October. And we um, had about 11 meetings. Um, We did a public hearing September 20th, got a lot of feedback from many people that did attend. We got a lot of online email comments that were presented to us. And I feel as though at this point, we're now setting the recommendations to you for review and comments, and then we'll go forward.
0: Okay, thank you so much for all of yeah, your work and to your absolutely. committee members. Is that the August, This is the August 14th draft we're talking so, about. So There's a uh, December three one, I think. December five. Well, it I came, it came
14: through after a September 20th um, public hearing. It should have been. Did
0: uh,
4: that come to us?
0: Well,
14: it's, it's in the packet, it's in the right? Packet.
3: it's in a yeah. packet? packet? Yeah. yeah, it's it's literally the first document. Um, um, I
0: don't know that it's any different than the August one, is it?
3: No, no. Well,
0: it's good. it might know, be a few. I go through the packet.
14: It's now, it, it's uh, in red. Draft recommendations. hmm And we did the public hearing September twentieth. Really?
0: Okay. So do you have any right. comments on the August any? recommendations? Uh, I <laughs> mm-hmm. well.
4: No, I didn't, uh, I, and I attended the meeting back in I guess it was August where oh. I I get the the walk, you know. Do, yeah, So crawl, I, I kind around. of appreciated the idea that we're we're trying to get parts of this. So my expectations mm-hmm. are not like that. This is the perfect final document. I right. Uh, this is weird. Okay, I uh, will, will just report, and I'll I probably should forward this to you, Eileen, and maybe you as well, Jill. But there was an incident. With the dog, after after arguing with Pete that the focus on this should always be open space, because we don't want to have the committee distracted by communities, I got an email from a local neighbor uh, about a dog incident that occurred, I think, two days ago, uh, that was at least lasted like five or ten minutes, potentially serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the right? state hospital? No. Okay. Actually, over near where I live, over on uh, off of Marlin so in a neighborhood. (laughs) So we may wind up ultimately having to, Pete may have been right that this should actually look at other issues, because this is something I didn't think would have been likely to happen. Mm -hmm. Frank, what I'd like you to do, if you would, uh, is to check with Jen Cronin, who was there. uh, And if she, I assume she's writing a report, and that's probably a report the three of us should see, and then perhaps it's appropriate to share with the not that you're necessarily going to change this, right, but just right. if this is the issue, mm-hmm. you should probably know what it is. But I'd cool. like to actually hear the animal control officer's report.
3: So I think the intent, and, and if I can Are you me. all upset? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, so, go ahead. So, gonna... so I think the intent is uh, we, for this coming May annual town meeting mm-hmm. is to address the bylaw in a baby step, which mm-hmm. is go from today it's off-leash or voice recall, to just remove voice recall. Mm-hmm. And and whether we impact the areas that are, and I think this is what you're referring to, is what we deem where our off-leash areas.
4: Yeah, this was actually his case of a dog. As far like as residential tell, off-leash area, off-leash in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. and it's not clear how that dog got off-leash because well, it's normally not.
3: Well, and so so to me, I guess it, like we're, there's always going to be dogs that get free from a yard, right? So like I don't, we're never going to solve that. But if we have the bigger problem today, which is, um, we know we have known areas in town where people are freely letting their dog off leash. And when Jenny or anyone confronts them, they're like, oh no, my dog responds to my voice recall because our bylaws allow it. Mm-hmm. But if we remove that and that becomes an, a warrant article that we, if we, three mm-hmm. of us agree, that, that that's how we make the first change to addressing the dog issues that we have in town. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. the first thing. That, that definitely helps Jenny because if, you, if she approaches you and your dog is 100, 200 yards away, it's off leash. There's no gray area um the whole idea of what's going to happen neighborhood to neighborhood that's the
4: the thing that i think does alt not now but ultimately is of interest to a bylaw committee yeah is when incidents that are as serious as it sounds like this one was which is actually the second time it's happened first time was not reported there should be reporting mechanism
7: potentially could end up in front of you at some time so i would suggest you kind of i know the rules I because i have a dog from speaking about whatever yeah. you know I, about the incident
3: i won't reference that incident i just do know as a dog owner in medfield if my dog gets bit and i bring it to a vet the vet immediately calls jenny cronin jenny cronin calls me and says do you know the owner if i didn't because i didn't give the name of the vet my dog was going to be quarantined for 45 days but i did i did find the owner they called jenny that same dog bites another dog the third time it's put down there's no, that just sets us, that's what happens. If a dog has three infractions, mm-hmm. the dog is put down. So I'm not sure we even need to get involved in, if is if a second infraction of any dog, that there are certain rules that are, that exist. So
4: my question is, how does the, how do these incidents get reported?
3: If you bring your dog, if your dog is no, hurt, I,
4: I, This is the test. I want to see how this incident gets reported. i, I I'm, I'm. <laughs> Okay. I'm not. I'm not asking your question. I'm saying I want to see how this gets handled. Well, and if it's I not handled
3: correctly, how do we get in the middle? And then then I we know. Then that. we know that we
4: have to do. Then we know that we have to do something. Not necessarily you between now and May. Right. But this was not just one little issue. This is we're we're doing a dog control bylaw here. Right. Not a dog control bylaw only under certain circumstances. So
3: I, I'm just thinking in terms of, and again, I don't know the incident, and I don't need to go there. But some of it
14: comes down to if people either report or don't report. If they don't report, we can't control that. Well, I think the committee, the way we, you know, understood it to be, is that we were given a charter.
1: Mm-hmm.
14: It was to focus on the designated areas of the town mm-hmm. and what was happening, what were some of the issues, what we getting the public feedback. <laughs> and right now, the way it is written, it is by voice control. Mm-hmm. So we're trying, no, I,
4: I understand yeah. that change. I understand but in that. Terms I, I'm of, not, I'm not arguing with what you're talking right. about for May. I think we're having... A, a, I thought we were having not be. a document discussion, but a dog control bylaw discussion, the next which step. has to do with dog control.
1: Mm-hmm. And for me,
4: a piece of that has to do with how, when an incident occurs and an animal control officer is brought into that, mm-hmm. how does the town report on that mm-hmm. to where we would even know? The, the first time it happened, the person said, oh, it happened. I didn't do anything about it. Right. Then the second time it happened, it's like, this was serious last time and I just swallowed it. This time it happened again. That's why I got the email on the day that it occurred. Mm-hmm. So I've got an action here that I'm basically not, necessarily trying to bring up on this table but i am curious to see what our process is for handling with that kind of a what sounds like a serious the, incident
7: the initiatives in the animal control officer mm-hmm. exactly so at some point you could be requested to hold a dangerousness
14: mm-hmm. well and then we have the, and i want to
4: see what we what we have I and want we to do see what we're we
14: have actual bylaws that the animal control officer does follow mm-hmm. now that
4: i get it I, i'm asking a and, question about a yeah. real event that just occurred right and i asked frank to sh- mm-hmm. show us the report right when it comes out okay. i want i've never seen a report not once maybe you have i've never seen a report
3: well so but that's what uh, chief correct brought to us when she said this is a report and then she gave us the animal update so they the, the police station collects the incidents now mm-hmm. you know, we can ask every time the chief
14: comes to give a report to give more of that data but it's being collected by the police It is, because I do actually have a year-end report from 2022 that they provided to me Mm -hmm. to show the number of dogs off-leash, in cars, um, dog attacks, dog bites, cat, you know. It went through great detail of what was um, recorded. What I'm basically getting at is this particular incident, I'd
4: like to see the report. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Frank's good. Yeah. We can get that. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Anything else, Elaine? No, I'm good, thank you. Okay. Uh, Mr. Massaro.
12: So, you know, I've complained in the past about dogs coming over the wall and everything else. So just the day before yesterday, there's a lot of noise in the back. A buck comes running through the woods, chased by two dogs. An owner fruitlessly hauling on the other side of the wall. And the deer got away, and I chased the two dogs out of the yard. Now, I mean, I'm not going to report that. I mean, what a report? I mean... I'd have to chase the dogs myself, climb the wall, get out in the field, and then confront the people who let the dog go. Oh, I've done that in the past, by the way, without 40, but I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I understand the crawl, walk, run approach to this and everything else, and I'm not objecting to that, but I do think you still need to address what happens in the open spaces.
3: And, and, the, and the voice... Keep that
12: would- in mind as, as this goes forward. So, I, again, I'm basically... I'm, I'm, I'm endorsing what, you know, Augusta's comments and saying it's something that you still need to consider. That's all. Not but at this moment. Here's what does
3: play out is, is the fact that today, in theory, there is nothing that Jenny can do. Because the person's going to say, my dog responds to voice recall, and then you're going to debate, did the dog recall, respond or not? Right. That's the problem we have today. Yeah, but we the all moment- agree
12: with that, and that's yeah. when we get solved. No, no, that's about what, so, what I'm saying is the next, so the next- steps for the open areas so, are what yeah. I'm talking about
3: So, a town right. meeting, we put a warrant article, we completely removed that. So now Jenny finally has a chance to, to issue a violation. I, and then the next step would be 2025, where we start looking at fees, medallions, whatever, whatever I, that we have to pass. I
12: understand. I and mean, in fact, I said I endorsed your walk, you know, your crawl one, rock one approach. And I obviously complimented Jill and her committee on the work that they've done to date jill and i have talked about this before yes.
1: mm-hmm.
12: um, okay. but again it's it ultimately has to has to consider more than just the designated area the designated areas need to be addressed Absolutely. Okay. so that's all now, I'm
4: part of part of where i'm coming from here is that we will always have when it comes to dogs even an owner that thinks they know their dog mm-hmm. doesn't know how that dog will react to another dog that they don't know so even totally responsible owners can find themselves in a situation where two dogs have an altercation that neither owner thought was going to happen, you know, but there's also owners that are lax. And that's a gray zone between what's allowed, what's not allowed, under what circumstances. One of the ways for us to get more responsible behavior will be to get more extensive reporting or more immediate reporting because when people understand that they're going to be held that there are sanctions that they're going to be held accountable for something suddenly they tighten their own stance so what i'm really doing here is not simply trying to get everything written down in black and white that here's this you know here's the rule you broke the rule here's the punishment i'm basically trying i think where we'll need to go as a town if we really want to do something here is get to the point where people who have dogs own a greater extent of the responsibility of their dog, even the unpredictable part of it. Mm-hmm. And the only way I know to get there with that is enhanced reporting, mm-hmm. where suddenly, yeah, if it happens, it happens, but you got to report it.
13: Gus, uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Um, Medfield TV, can you just make sure that the, the microphones are working? We've got a couple folks asking in the chat.
3: It might be when Bill was talking. Oh. Uh, can I just say one thing out of respect to what I know the committee was working on, and mm-hmm. this is something they're passionate about, mm-hmm. um, is that... Education, communication, the, yeah. not to jump and try to find an offense, but to slowly make sure that people who have had a comfort zone of doing things that we're now trying to stop. Um, really spend the time and energy to make sure that in these areas that we are addressing at least right now yes to break the habit of people doing certain things that we're now going to discourage mm-hmm. right. and, and fine for but over communicate and then people will start to help monitoring it themselves so it's not going to happen overnight but I think if we have an approach that's education information um, and, and and just having open lines of communication from one dog walker to another mm-hmm.
4: um, yeah for no other reason we can't we can't afford the resources to do draconian enforcement you, right. you really do need goodwill so you guys are on the right track
0: with that yeah, yeah.
13: You know, we, we do have a public hearing at seven but uh, we do have someone in the audience who'd like to speak i'm not sure if you want to hold that or um who oh sure we, uh, we'll let him speak Jeff Heimann. Okay.
0: so while you're getting that person online i'll just tell you about my reaction jill mm-hmm. um I think that it's really important that we have a bylaw that's enforceable because Mark's been telling us for years that we can't we don't have anything that works. Right. And so we need that bylaw with the uh, uh, absolute leash that you've that you're proposing to do. Mm-hmm. I think I think that we need to have a larger area than just the uh, public. Well, you're saying public. I, I think it should be a townwide leash bylaw. Basically, mm-hmm. I I differ from my colleagues on that and and so the charter ended up being limited to public areas rather than the whole town Mm -hmm. um but we we need we need a bylaw that that mark is convinced can be enforceable and and gets enforced Mm -hmm. uh um and then the uh other area that I noticed in your proposed bylaw that that I needed to ask you about was that you're proposing town tr- tr- town trash bins, and I, I I mean I've noticed the trash bins up at the state hospital near your house, and I'm sure you've noticed those don't get emptied very often. Right. Those aren't those are being emptied on a volunteer basis, um, but I, I don't know that we want to have marks deep most DPW. Uh, going around emptying uh, uh, cans of poop. Um, I, I don't know if that's it's a workable not just solution. Poop,
3: though. It's coffee mugs. It's pizza things. People go up and eat and drink. And I know Christine has this this policy of take out what you take in, but we don't post that anywhere. So well, and,
0: yeah, and no one's doing that. So right. clearly, I mean, people uh, put their their poop, their dog poop in bags and they leave it because they don't want to put it in their car apparently, or so. Uh, so and um, Starbucks
3: mugs and donut, Dunkin' Donut mugs and sub bags and a lot of things would end up in the trash cans um so it's i guess my quandary with this <laughs> trash pickup has been one minute we want to claim it's our land it's town land we might manage it and then that's not really town land that we want to maintain and be, be keep up and keep it clean it's like we can't have our cake and eat it too
0: you know i mean we've got a problem i mean you know we've, we've got Conservation land in in this town that people are abusing. Um, I mean, you, you wouldn't want to hear about some of the stuff that gets left on the conservation land that I've heard about. Um, Alec is is a, Stevens is aware of it at his house too. Human
14: waste unbagged. Yeah, but I just and, and Alec
0: got them on 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 camera because he was monitoring what was going on on his property, and mm-hmm. and even then the the, the people crazy. that are pooping in his yard are com- saying, "Oh, not me." Right. <laughs> Um, but you know they're they're doing that at at, at, uh, at Redgate Farm too, Alec. Um, it's you know the people that that monitor the conservation land are aware that, that you know we've we've got a problem, <laughs> and it's not just the dogs. But it, right. that, you know we we do it. And so I sent you that material from Bob Costello because I met with yes. him this afternoon, mm-hmm. and he he's About focusing on on the poop problem at uh, the trustees and Blue, yep. uh, Blue Hill Reservation mm-hmm. and. And, and suggested that you get in touch with those people. And, and I think that's a, a natural progression for your committee to follow up on, mm-hmm. uh, and so that we don't have the, the same poop problem. And I think we need to sort of have a sea change in how we, we train dog owners to think that, you know, you always have to have a plastic bag in your pocket, mm-hmm. and, and you gotta pick up and just take it with you. You don't, you don't just leave it by the side of the road. Right. It's a
3: so. box, a lunch bag.
0: Yes, Mark.
7: So I just want to keep put this in context. You've got issues with dogs running loose, and that is focus. We otherwise have a very comprehensive dog control bylaw in terms of dangerous and nuisance. There's a whole listing of prohibited conduct.
0: Yeah, but those are the the rare things. Right.
7: Well, it seems to go to the incident that Mm -hmm. uh, Gus is talking about. So I just want to. Make sure you're
4: aware that yeah i'm more interested in how we react when it's a, when it's a serious i mean
0: incident. i met with i met with a client today who ended up in in the hospital from a dog bite in medfield so mm-hmm. into mean, are serious incidents to, are pete, to pete's
4: point about the leash with what you're planning to do in may i would think i've already sort of said i agreed with pete that i had discounted the <laughs> residential areas in the past but that actually had more to do with the fact that it seemed to me the real challenge was the open space off leash areas of public Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to distract into what I thought were insignificant issues on in, in neighborhoods, but the thing you're changing to the extent that that's been in place, even in throughout the town, I actually agree with Pete, that that kind of a change should be applied across the board in town, unless I'm missing a nuance here. So I would agree with you, Pete, on for the, for the The changes being made around tightening up the leash, and not having the positive control is the option to a leash, if if people in town thought they could do that in the residential areas, I'm in total agreement with Pete. It's like no, dogs are on leashes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send Great. you guys the uh, the material that Bob Costello shared with me this afternoon. Uh, I mean, they they at, where is it? It's at Blue Hills. They have a an app, and they and they have the the hikers monitoring the poop, the dog poop, through the Blue Hills Reservation, and they're using the the app to figure out where all the dog poop is in the Blue Hills Reservation. I mean, that sounds very scientific. That should appeal to you, Alex. Oh. Did, did so. they pick it up, or did they just monitor it? <laughs> yeah, it's a blue I, bag. Yes, they do pick is it up, because yeah. yes, Bob said that he picks it up. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Um, so you, there's, um, thank you for your work. So uh, I, anything else you need from us, or?
14: Um, Just your support and putting it on the article as an article and for us to vote so we can move to phase two and try to make some changes that are positive. Not everybody's going to agree with it, but I think it's a great start.
0: So what you want to do is you want to work with Mark and and Frank on working out the language of the warrant article and then and then it will come back.
13: He's been promoted.
3: So Neil Downing's on. He's one of, of the dog committee.
13: Big burden?
3: The gentleman, the gentleman that has to be promoted, Neil is on. He's That's part of the I mean. dog bylaw
0: committee. Oh, okay. And he wants he's ready to talk now?
13: Yep. And Jeff Hyman as well is on.
0: Okay. Who are you giving us first, Frank? Um I
13: believe Nail. I think Jeff was on first, so I would Okay, Jeff, it. go ahead.
15: Do support the uh the one of the things that I noticed when I looked at the existing dog that are posted is in the statement, the bullet point, do not allow your dog a to be friendly to approach other dogs or people. So I guess when you think about what we're going to change, then obviously have to changes to the sign. But what is the what is the feeling of the board related to that? Because I think generally speaking, you can tell that dog. Mutual dog owners are friendly, allow dogs to approach. I think it's really when dogs approach uh, people that don't have a dog, right? Um, I think on the good side, I'm noticing that um, some walkers are very responsible for that they sort of get it. They see, you know, cause when I walk there, I don't have a dog, and they're very respectful of that. So I do appreciate that. My other comment is it seems like the dog group, it's just, it's like a few bad actors right you have most people collecting their stuff um but obviously that needs work because you know it is near the well you know, conservation area but i think that do not allow your dog to approach in mean, are friendly you know other dogs are looking that's something i don't know how you enforce that but i think it would be appreciated i mean a leash to me is I get it. everybody, every the dogs want to have fun, but you just have to consider that one because I think it's a tough one to control and force. You know, I think today um, it was a little experience with two dogs and sort of running and you know coming towards me and you know I'm not scared really as much as I used to be from the dog right I had a little while ago, but you know, it's not, I'm not afraid of it, but there's jumping, I guess I'd call it just a little more So we have to definitely address this sort of approach to other people and docs, because I think, I'm concerned for the town that if there is a on town property, and in the case today was, I was at the, the state hospital, you know, could there be liability? No. I don't know. You know, I don't know what pockets people go after, but we just have to
0: be very So Jeff, if you wanna work through these details that you're raising, uh, you should probably go to the uh, committee meetings and, and work it through with them as they work through on the bylaw. So next we'll go to Neil, is it Downey? Yep.
13: yep. And then we do have the- Neil? Yep.
0: Thanks, Jeff.
16: Hi folks, can you hear me? Yes, we
0: can. Loud and clear. Yeah, thank
16: you. I was a member of the committee working work side by side with Jill. And one of the things that came out of the public hearing was an idea where you would have a license fee for dog walkers, especially the dog walkers who came to the hospital out of town. I'm up there probably six days out of seven, uh, during the week, uh, walking my dog. And, uh, at certain times of day, uh, many, many vans pull in, and uh, you could have 20 or 30 dogs come out within a matter of 15, 20 minutes. And none of these people are from, a few of these people are within the town. And Frank was a representative on the committee that is a professional dog walker, so we, we got his input. But we have, we have a lot of dog walkers coming from out of town uh, using that place for a commercial enterprise. <laughs> and uh, one of the recommendations... <laughs> Public hearing was to charge those people a fee to walk dogs on town property and that would bring in some income into the town so that you could do maybe signage or you could pay for some some uh, uh, beneficial items up there at the hospital because you have a lot of people I would say probably uh, 50-50 of people that are in town and people that are out of town. So I just wanted while we had the select committee together considering the recommendations just to uh, be aware of that uh, public idea that came through the public feedback mm-hmm. um, and, and and consider it
0: thanks Neil mm-hmm. I think that you, you've probably seen the materials from John Thompson who was the building grounds person up at the hospital and he had a he had, he had looked at a lot of the dog issues and and the Newton bylaws and uh, and I know he was proposing different ways of uh, of registration Mm -hmm. and and maybe parking stickers and and so i hope your your committee will take a look at that and
3: they already have frank frank went to newton personally and spent a day and walked some of the parks learned about the revenue that's that's uh collected every year so i think it's a quarter million that
1: they they bring in for revenue for our medallion
14: program they provided it Mm
3: -hmm.
0: yeah yeah so recommendations for medfield from what you do that's what i'm talking about yeah i have
1: have
4: a hard time picturing how you could just target one group to have to get registered, that if we have some sort of registration like in the direction of a Rocky Woods where everybody registers, Mm -hmm. then I can see I could do that. But beyond that, the more fundamental question for me is, Mm -hmm. and I haven't haven't raised it as an issue right now because everything's in flux, but why are we so committed to making sure that out of town commercial dog walkers I'm,
0: I'm not can use our public
4: space, I actually don't think we should. say, Yeah, they may be a revenue source, but I think that's less important right. than us keeping the public space open for people who want to use it that don't necessarily have dogs here in town. I don't want to. I don't want to shut the public space down to anybody that's not Medfield, like the pond over in Springdale, but. I don't think we need to go out of it because right now we have, I think, a statewide reputation It's yeah, yeah. the and, best and I, public
0: the, space. I would say that bothers me that we have help. that reputation yeah, and, and that yeah. people are flocking to midfield because right. they, they think it's wide open. But, you know, that's up right. to you guys to come up with some solutions right. for it. I think
14: what we're trying to also do is limit the number of dogs per handler because that will help to streamline some of the issues. I mean, one of
0: John Thompson's ideas was to have parking permits for places like the hospital uh-huh. so that you can't park there. Unless you have a parking permit, to, and then you can bring your dogs out if you have a parking permit. It's just a way of figuring out how to, mm-hmm. how to control the sites.
3: To, to be fair, this committee actually has brought a ton of ideas forward already. Mm-hmm. What they're saying to us, which is her opening remarks of crawl, walk, run. Mm-hmm. The baby step is, get, in, unless we change our minds between now and May of 2024, we make a modification to the dog bylaw now, which is remove voice recall. And then we work with the committee to figure how do we implement May meeting 2025? Of medallions, mm-hmm. stickers for park. we know we can't do that between now and next May, but we know it's going to have to pass town meeting if we're going to try to make a lot of these changes mm-hmm. so it's we I think you guys so have probably well, also helped barn barn for us and great ideas for I appreciate and all the
0: work you've done and you. I would welcome more that you anything more you can do because I yes. think that's I don't want it to be a, a, a five year process of getting to where we need to get. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that you guys can do as much as you as you can as fast as you can. So,
3: mm-hmm. so but here's That's the right. I got so as a select board. This is what we're up against And Correct me if I'm wrong with this. But if we bring too much in May of 2024, it's just gonna get shot down, right versus make it small. Keep the continue to educate and communicate. So as we continue to modify this and I don't think Newton did it overnight either I think Newton took a period of time to start to change the the way and again is also knowing that the state hospital is going to be under construction God willing for two years so it's going to change the whole dynamics of parking stickers who's up there where they can walk so I think the the number one priority and something that we heard for the last year is we need to at least start to make a difference in our bylaw for, for controlling dogs in open space and potentially now in in, in neighborhoods. Yeah,
4: basically, I would think your committee would not want to go into a town meeting with an article that you don't already know, as brought is
14: Right. Form. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I agree. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank Great. you. Thank you for your time. Thanks to your more. committee too. Thank you. yep. Thanks, Neil. They can start anytime. Oh,
4: uh, one last point. I think uh, just on the draft relative to this article, I think we all three Thank said you. the draft looks fine. None of us have heartburn, so. This article is probably going to largely, we may, there may be wordsmithing, but this we is, you're, you're in good shape. Yeah.
3: Okay. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Okay. Our next uh, uh, appointment is a tax classification hearing. Thank you for coming, Yvonne. You're going to declare the hearing open. I declare the hearing open.
13: Pete, uh, Do you have the, um, the language in mind? I do.
1: Could I read?
13: It? he
0: asked me to read so i will of course read legal notice town of medfield public hearing attention taxpayers
17: Is that, perfect. Not... It's perfect it's perfect the medfield
0: select board will hold a public hearing on tuesday december 5 2023 at 7 p.m. in the chenery meeting room, second floor townhouse, 459 Main Street for the tax classification purposes. The central issue will be the discussion during the tax class classification hearing is whether all five classes of property, residential, open space, commercial, industrial, and personal shall be taxed in the same rate or at different rates for the fiscal year 2024. Mass General Laws Chapter 40, Section 56. The Board of Assessors provide relevant information regarding the tax rate including the fiscal effects of available alternatives interested taxpayers are urged to attend the hearing written and oral statements from interested taxpayers will be accepted by the select board's office and considered at the hearing
17: Floor is yours thank you all right so frank is doing my slides so there might be a little pause here and there (laughs) um so i'm basically i'm going to give my presentation Um, and then there was two letters that we received so i will address those after and then i will ask for questions if that's okay with the select board okay so i'm back (laughs) it's time to split the rate or not split the rate um frank has just put up the slide where uh, it shows our tax rate levy and as you can see that big pie there most of it is raised up um by the residential tax base which is almost 95 percent and then the rest is made up of the commercial industrial and personal so the purpose of this is to is for the select board to decide whether they want to maintain the uniform tax rate or if they want to split that tax rate and make the commercial owners pay a higher rate so next slide so if you decide to keep the uniform tax rate you would vote a factor of one if you decided to change that then you would vote a lower factor so the maximum the town could adopt is a 50 percent split so you would vote a residential factor of it's up there .972575 <laughs> so the residential tax rate would then be with a split $14.24 and the commercial industrial and personal tax rate would become $2,196 and you can see With the split, that pie has really not changed that much. (laughs) Okay, so I always give this surrounding towns last year's tax rates. um, And as you can see, it's the same two highlighted towns, Walpole and Westwood. Um, They split their rate. The rest of our surrounding towns don't split the rate. um, And they have a much greater commercial, industrial, personal base, Um, typically towns that don't have more than um you know if they have less than 10% commercial they're not splitting their rate so the history of tax rate in medfield we've never split the rate that's it for that slide <laughs> um so you can really clearly see what a split would do to the commercial properties in the individual scenarios um, so our new uh, single family average for fiscal year 24 is 903,200. so this is just a a what if scenario i have a residential property of that and a commercial property of the 903,200, and with splitting the rates you can see the difference um, if you shifted it 10%, the residents would be saving on average $72. And out of a $13,000 tax bill, I don't think you're really going to notice that $72. Whereas a commercial property is going to increase by $1,300. Um, and they would notice that. And that's just with a 10% shift. When you get down to that maximum shift, we could do a 50%. Um, the residents would save $361 on average, but your commercial is going to go up six over $6,000, which is quite a... Quite a hit and it's because there is such a small percentage of commercial industrial and personal property that the you know it's such an extreme shift okay so historically our numbers really don't change that much and this just um, verifies that so again we're looking at about five percent on the commercial industrial and personal okay here is your single family average category um, again I, i'll repeat it 903200 for fiscal year 24 and your tax dollars are 13223 so that's an increase of about a little over 2% um, values are going up right under 8% on average so um, so i will that's the end of my presentation um, i will address the two questions that the select board received it was basically the same uh, question we had a couple of residents um, that requested a um, the select board to create another category within the residential um, to split that you can't okay so they this is all set out by mass law there are only five types property Um, the category that they wanted it split is already a part of the residential category Um, so you cannot further subdivide those general categories of property so those um, people will be receiving a detailed letter from me um, explaining the process but basically um, you cannot change the select board doesn't have that kind of power (laughs) So um, do you have any questions Thank for me? Thank you so much
0: for your presentation. Gus, questions?
4: I just made two points only that, that maybe not everybody picks up on when you were talking about the valuation of the house going up 8%. Mm-hmm. There are some people that only pay attention to the mill rate, the tax rate, and they just look at that in a vacuum. If you really want to understand your taxes, you've got to look at what your taxes really are. Mm-hmm. If the valuation of the houses are going up 8%, but the taxes are going up more like a 2%, then the the tax rate itself will go down. It's just going to be applied to a higher valuation. Mm -hmm. And as long as I've been here in this town, there are still people who don't realize those two things work together. So I'd make that point. Mm I had one other point and I just lost it. Uh, Oh, I know what it was. The other point that is not part of the tax rate but is important for people like the two letters we got is that we don't have a way of doing that but the town does have the tax work off program for seniors who would like to get a break on their taxes Um, that would be probably the one most immediate path that i think we could look at as a select board to provide greater relief to seniors if we chose if we choose to and there's probably an argument to look at it. So uh, it's not like they're just stuck. Sorry, we can't do it. Uh, there may be some other things we could do to help some people like so that.
0: So a lot of towns like Sudbury and, and I think it's Wayland have uh, special legislation from the le- from the state to allow them to provide tax relief to seniors that have been in town for a long time. I've advocated for that for a long time because I think that we want to keep those seniors in town. So I think that basically what we would be doing is the The rest of us in town would be subsidizing their
4: taxes. It's a more it's a more complicated complicated (laughs) special (laughs)
17: legislation. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yeah, they do have special legislation, but it also is it's not every senior. It's a senior of certain means. So, it's not every income would qualify for that, not every means would qualify for that. So, but there are. Um, I was just at a conference, and speaking of exemptions, they are supposedly come, um, coming up with another exemption for seniors that the state is doing. So, it would be another one that the town could locally adopt, but mm-hmm. it is something that the state is putting together. So, you may wanna uh, wait and see what happens with that. There was so,
1: more. Um... Um,
0: muscle to the circuit breaker too or something more money for the seniors right
17: that the, the state senior right the seniors should definitely if you're over 60 you should definitely look at that circuit breaker it's in your ink the state income taxes it's credit cb um if your taxes are prepared for you you definitely want to have somebody look at that they did raise it up from a thousand to two oh, thousand so that is a good saying. savings okay. for seniors um, questions.
3: uh no i I appreciate what you just presented. I appreciate you answering the questions, addressing the letters. Um, and you know I understand why we do what we do. We can't disadvantage our, our small bit of business that we do have in this town. Um, we know that we'd love to strive to bring more commercial in. And you know, to be a Walpole would be fantastic, but we don't have the, the square footage to get to that magnitude right now. So I appreciate you explaining everything.
0: Thank you. So, Welcome. we do this every year, and every year I agree that it makes no sense to, to have anything other than the unified tax rate. So, and it's for the reasons that Eileen's talking about that the, the benefit to the residents is going to be so small compared to the, the, the penalty to the, the commercial base that it doesn't make sense in our situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, any questions from our uh, Sure. Of
17: course. This is.
15: Thanks. So I'm Ken Manning on the Board of Assessors. I wanted to follow up on something that Gus just mentioned and point out that the tax rate in Medfield has gone down by nearly 20% since 2019 and, indeed, has gone down every year since 2019. Now, of course, valuations have gone up, but the actual rate has actually consistently declined. And you're right, Gus, a lot of people really don't understand that and they just look at that mill rate. The mill rate is down quite significantly. So, anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other uh, comments, questions? Do we have a motion then, Eileen?
7: All right. We want to close the public
0: hearing. Oh, from, public hearing is hereby so closed.
7: Thank you, Mark. Because nobody questions from the audience or at home. And nope,
4: there's
0: nobody online.
4: We need like a card that's green when the public hearing is open <laughs> flip it to red, because if Mark didn't remember, we'd never remember.
3: So, motion to accept the class one tax? A motion to close the
1: public. Oh, oh no, motion to
3: close I the clear public. I declared it closed one way or the other, just close I it closed That's I already. So, to, to accept the class one classification, is that what you were, were motioning for? It's single. No, it, I think
4: it's
17: single, it's a single tax Adopt rate. A residential factor of
3: one. Okay. All right, okay, person. Uh, motion to adopt the residential factor of one.
0: Second. All those in favor? Aye. aye, aye. Thank aye. you very much for Thank coming. You much. You. Thank you very much. Thank you. And. Um, I guess we have time for Belforge. We have 15 minutes, Jean, is that enough?
6: Can you, um, You're
0: not doing much?
3: Five minutes, And Sean is who you were looking for? Okay, yeah. he's on here.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the, I'm looking at the clock on the wall, that's wrong. Uh, do you want, do, we, do you have more than five minutes of stuff?
3: You have more than five minutes worth of stuff,
0: yeah. yeah so what, are, do, you, do you mind waiting? I'm sorry um update on (laughs) Curve Street truck exclusion Mo
4: Mo's gonna need more than five
1: minutes
9: (laughs) (laughs) um we had um one of our consultants beta group do a truck exclusion that we were asked to do for the Curve Street area um they did the report uh we just received that report recently And uh, their findings were that it didn't warrant an application to the state, because the state is the ones that would approve or deny a truck exclusion. Um, The study found that um, usually they like to see anywhere between five and 8%, 5% being a minimum, 8% being what they ideally would like to see of truck traffic on these roads. Um, 5% they would consider, um you no know, discussion about it uh this one this truck exclusion um found it was 0.8 percent of trucks in that area i know there's a question uh chris you had a question about the 48 hour time frame That's Weird. Yeah. and and actually in life uh, with the other consultants looking at the massachusetts mutcd uh guidelines they actually call for 24 hour um, so 48 hours is what the um, the standard is because 24 is, you know, is the is what the state would allow, and if you wanted a 12 hour, they would they would say that would suffice as well. So 48 hours is is a fair um, determining uh, time for for that study, um, but um, that was the kind of the gist of the study that came forward.
0: Any questions,
4: guys? Uh, Two questions. One in reading through the report, I first snagged up when they gave the statistics on buses. Mm I go, where? What? We don't have that many buses. And then I realized they were talking about school buses, and that led to a question: that it had this. If we did go through with this exclusion, would we have to then redesign our school
9: buses? Anything over two and a half ton? now a school bus can run anywhere around twenty-five thousand pounds, which is twelve ton. Yeah, over twelve ton. So. so that was just, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's a mood point. You can have exemptions, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's still causing the issues. Okay.
4: Now, it still is a weird road. Just even just driving a car on that sort of a weird road is downhill. It's a curve and it's sort of narrow. I, and it's good you're here, Chris. Um, does with, If we decided, okay, we can't do what we wanted to do, but we still thought there was a problem, would we have the option of making that a one-way street?
9: Mark, you can answer that one? I believe that
7: also they have oversight over that as well.
4: Okay, yeah. so you can't do that either. Okay. The,
7: the, I... Their starting point is that public roads are for the public at large. Mm-hmm. And the burden shifts if you try to restrict that in any way, shape, or form. And you're dealing with a huge bureaucracy.
4: Yeah, okay.
7: If you just extrapolate what you just said up to the issue that alex was talking about it makes no sense at all to even have one or two semis going down that road and if they're just going to look at a percentage and say that's okay that's what you're dealing with
1: so
0: can you guys look at that issue because making it one way makes a lot of sense to me and it might work for uh for uh alex's issues too to make that i suspect so maybe, in
7: my experience you ultimately have to get the legislators involved yeah well if you can kind
0: of if push. you can look into it and get back to us on that and anything else on on uh, that's it I on, have I I have... yeah.
3: so i uh, i do have a question when was the study done september or October? september COVID? okay because the chart read which threw me for a loop um
9: 27th and 28th of september after school got uh got back in
3: right but the underneath that red data obtained october 26 october 27 2021 so i didn't know where it's on page five of nine so i was like hmm. and then obtained 2021 I'm like that can't be right hmm. so i was trying to figure out where that that data point came from
9: mm, i don't see where you're
4: in this, in the legend, at the it's under the table
3: cable. two peak hours, so it shows curve, south street, spring. But when you read it, it says data obtained. Unless I'm reading this wrong October 26th, 27th,
9: 2021. Is that the ADT though? Is that's not, um, that was established beforehand?
3: I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. When I I, was, I looked at the dates originally, but it, and was, I read, oh, it, it was September
9: 27th, 28th when they to do the um, the 48 hour period.
3: And that would have been 2022, 2023. 2023. Yeah, that's why I was like, hmm, I, I don't know why we would have any reference to 2021.
9: It might be the, the data that they took for the information that they had available that they, um, and then did the 48 hour period for this year, but I, I'll check with our consultants, but it could be a misprint, but I think.
3: That's all I'm getting at. But when I read it, this it threw me, cause I just want to make sure that yep. we're, we're going off the recent data. Yep. And then in reading through this, the only thing that did throw me is when they talk about the width of the road, I think it, ta- it says it narrows at 20 feet. They don't really address the whole, the whole dangerous part of that entire road is going over the bridge. There's no room for de- for pedestrians without literally taking their life in their own hands uh, because of the blind dip to it. So I think that's originally what was brought up is why we were concerned with trucks going over that, that road in, in particular, that stretch of the road. Down by South Street, there's been no accidents, thank goodness, because it's clear vision. I think it's been three at the intersection of 27 and Curve, but the, the gist of the concern was the bridge. And I feel like some way or another, that kind of got pushed out of the, it's my own two cents in the, in the determining.
9: I will ask the consultant uh, to kind of give a little bit of inf- information on that.
0: Okay. Thank you. My, uh you all done? I'm all set. Thank you. My my only comment was noticing that the volume on Curve Street was the, almost the same as the volume on South Street, which just surprised the heck out of me. Um, so it's I think we have a problem on Curve Street, but I don't know what the solution is. So.
3: It's called ways. In the old days, everyone didn't know the question. Yeah. Sure, Ma- but- well,
0: maybe maybe the one way is, is a, is a uh, way that we could... Partially, I think I see a question in the audience. Yes.
10: Yeah, Chris. Chris Potts. I just want. I mentioned this to Mo, and I also showed Alec. But um, Pioneer Valley, the Pioneer Valley um, Planning Group for that region um, put forth. It's actually it's an old document, but the the guidelines on the the state review are exactly the same um, as it is today. But they said in in the event a restrictive ordinance is not approved, basically by the state, the municipality may seek voluntary control measures um and they showed a photo of an example of a sign that said trucks are requested not to use this road per order of selectmen and they did this in the town of suffield so maybe that's a way of <laughs>
0: maybe speed bumps as well or something so of that i just sort. mentioned so, that as another yeah okay idea i don't know what thank our you. town council thinks about that anything else on curve street okay thanks Mark. thank you Ma. Thanks for doing multiple duties with us tonight and we got a couple more for you. So don't go away Um, Now we have a joint meeting with the school committee and we have a table for the school committee (laughs) Thank you folks for coming One member Oh, you're Zoom having 10. one member attend by Zoom, that's right, yeah.
11: And um I did not check my assumption is it's the same Zoom in our agenda in the select board. Who's delegate remotely? Will Horn Will Horn uh is is not in town and um so my assumption is I just I just texted to make sure my assumption we have a uh, he's on okay yeah so if we can bring will forward okay
0: and so at this point we'll we've agreed that we would select board would turn the meeting over to the school committee and you can
11: start already your depleted. meeting
7: can you declare yourselves open
11: already i was about to do that i wanted to confirm uh yeah we do have here so yeah no i was gonna uh we just made i uh, get the volume yeah let
1: working
11: work about it any mota? Mota i was going to entertain a motion to open the school committee meeting
10: second
11: okay uh and because we have one member on uh on zoom we'll, we'll do a roll roll call vote all in you have,
7: favor you have to identify that member who's on zoom
11: okay um so we are we, so so will horn is on zoom and uh will was gonna um you know uh, t- tim knight here
10: michelle kirkby here leo brown here
11: Will Horn here. Okay, and uh, all in favor to open up the school committee meeting uh, Tim Knight, Yes,
10: Michelle
9: Kirkby,
11: yes, Leo Brown, yes, Will Horn, yes. Okay, great. Um, and before I, I'm going to thank you folks, but before doing that, we would we'll take public comment as we do in our, our normal meetings, uh, members of the public will be welcome to comment during the public input period. Uh, either through the microphone up here or uh, on zoom if you are on zoom please raise your zoom hand we ask that you keep your camera on when making a zoom comment in either case um, identify your name and address and uh, we ask that you uh, follow the school committee policy for public input including speaking for no more than three minutes and only on topics under the purview of the school committee Um, the overall period for public comment that we would uh like to target is 15 minutes or less okay so um and and I guess before doing that I, I didn't say but th- thank you uh to the select board for making time for the school committee um for joining us and, and the purpose of this meeting is for the school committee and the select board are going to make an interim appointment to fill the vacant seat vacant seat on the school committee until the March 24th town election so, um, but uh, is there any public comment, either in the room or on Zoom? I'm on Zoom. I
13: don't see anything on Zoom.
4: So, if, I don't know if this is the appropriate time. I do want to ask put one question before the school committee, and I think this is a school committee decision, so I'm not arguing, uh, but I do want to raise a question about whether it makes sense to actually appoint an interim member of the school committee Given that we have a March election that's coming up in three months, and um, I'm sensitive to that for two reasons. Number one, at least in the past, the person that gets picked for this, as a practical matter, has an inside lane in the election because they're already there. Uh, and I'm a little sensitive to that setup. Is I, I don't know that that's the best. Di- I don't know that that's the best dynamic you want, uh, but that's your call. Uh, and the second reason I've even raised it is because last March, you may recall when there was the discussions around whether Jessica O'Reilly should be allowed to remain active in the building committee, the argument for that was that there were two new members of the school committee and they needed at least two or three months to come up to speed before they could really, you know, be productive. So I'm saying, well, it's two to three months before this election. Uh, is there actually a useful thing? I'm not trying to convince you of anything i'm asking a question of the school committee if you say nope we want to do it then i'm good with that we will proceed i just think that that's a basic question that might be worth considering
3: and, and can i do a follow-on to that um, and, and again it, um we want to to follow your lead here in the sense that it's an appointment to your committee but on that same train of thought the only thing i'd throw out there and again you guys haven't heard this because can't say anything until we're together um is Even if you you say, you know what, Eileen, we do want to appoint somebody, my thing would be, if somebody wants to do it, I hope they want to do it for the next three years, right? So is there a chance to, even if we talk tonight, but we delay the selection until the 19th, because then that should technically give everybody a chance to file their paperwork, so we know, because I don't think the paperwork is out yet, um to to submit your name for election for our our town elections in March but they should be out I believe next week and then we meet again on the 19th so on the 19th we could say okay we're either go ahead with it um or you see who's put their name in the hat and if it allows you the window to wait until March 24th so be it but just food for thought hold on one sec do you want
10: to speak to Gus's first thing
4: I might yeah, just, let again, me, um, let me just add, I would, I would look at the opposite from I Eileen. Mean, okay. I don't think it's a good thing for somebody who definitely wants to run to be the one we're looking at. It would be very easy for me to go with someone who declares, I don't want to run. I'm just trying to help the town out for two or three months. So you and I are looking at what's a good situation
1: there in the opposite well, it, way. Yeah, well, I, it
3: goes off to what you were saying about if if it takes time to ramp up, somebody's just ramping up and then they're stepping aside. It's kind of silly. Whereas if they if we let the town decide who it should be it's within two two and a half months but again yeah. that's just two just my two cents
11: yeah so uh one i i did hear uh, from your meeting last week that came up and i was out of town Good. so I, otherwise i would have i would have voiced in then um i i would i would ask the same question okay why why would we do it it, it seems it seems logical one um it is we, we mm. checked with the, the, our attorney it is consistent with the statute within the state and the policy that we do uh, nominate and fill that interim appointment um within 30 days is is the way it reads and depending on on the interpretation it also it says in the event that we don't our board would be deferring to you um so so on you know primarily
10: Hmm? I have a statute yeah. here. If
11: you want we to we actually talked about it last week, and
4: we were discussing what will and shall and may <laughs> mean. So I, as I said, I'm not trying to argue. So, so, yeah, I, yeah, I so, put the so question well, on the table for the school yeah, yeah. committee. If, you just need to confirm you want to do it, and we're good. Well,
1: that, yeah.
18: that was our understanding, and I guess I, I, just so I'm following you uh, exactly, I mean, with the 19th or the paperwork, could you explain that? I just I, Yeah.
3: Like right now, we have no idea if any of these people who have submitted their name have any intention to run because they can't submit the paperwork right but next week they can I believe on Monday or Tuesday, if they fill it out we're meeting two weeks again in another two weeks, excuse me, and in that window we'll know who's actually going to be running in March right so if we have to appoint somebody in the sense okay we're we've now selecting from a pool of people that are showing you that they're committed for the next two to three years. Oh. And, and, and I, you know, I, I understand the concern of giving somebody the, the inner yes, lane to, right? right? Yeah, so, that was... so that is a concern, but it's, it's also, that's a, it's reality if that's how this plays out. Right. Um, or it, it, the, it, the if, shall, may, whatever legal words that get played out, uh, are, you know, are we going to be in the courts because you, you didn't fill a slot between now and March 24th?
18: We have been advised by legal to, to follow that as we have that, that deadline, I will say I've been but you bring up a very interesting point because it is part of um uh this is the second time I've had to go through this process um it does seem um because these are elected seats mm-hmm. uh and it is up to people to put people on those seats and so having such a small uh group make that decision on behalf of the town um you know it's, it's a very important decision I guess I, I feel a lot of weight on that too mm-hmm. uh because it does give that person as you just said like um, a little bit of a view to use if they were to run in a contested election. Um, at the same time, I would say that um, as we saw last year, um, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of interest, right, uh, for the two open seats. Uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> open people out there trying to recruit people and say, hey, do you have any interest in serving? <laughs> um, and then lo and behold, we have for this particular role, we had, you know, at least seven or so interesting folks right? oh, good. so it's very very good right so that's um uh so it's yeah. nice to see so yeah i understand both questions for sure because i asked the very same question oh we're so close you yeah.
11: know why do we- yeah and i just i, I would but, just just close it i mean yeah my own view one independent of, of the view from council it is an essential position we don't want to be short staffed. if those who know me i always think about what bad things happen if we don't any other member can resign at any time and as as if as a a, a normal course and speed is we don't fulfill it what happens when we're down to three or two or one right I don't think just independent of of, of the legal counsel I think it's it's appropriate to try to maintain a full staff Um, it is consistent with the process that the school committee has has followed in the past and I I would say I I was going to say a couple moments of of thank you like you know I I think the process um, we value everybody's time here tonight, but I think even this process is valuable for the community. It, it, who knows? For, for me, when I served, before raising my hand, do I want to run? There's a different element. It, it, it allows some people to at least begin to say, do I want to think about it? So o- overarching when I look at it, I just I think it, it is worthwhile. Um, it's consistent with the you know statutes anyways. But I, I think it's a fair question. We, I thought the same thing. Before, before having knowledge of it,
18: we thought we'd also bring someone on during the budget season, which is always time.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that... and could I ask one administrative question? Meredith Chamberlain, I gathered, although she said she was interested, did not submit any paperwork. Is that, that
10: correct? That is correct. Okay.
18: correct. Okay. okay. <laughs> However, she did express interest, so I think it was felt that to her name remain
10: on. We had nine applicants total. Mm-hmm. one person was not eligible and was not able to gain eligibility by today the other person formally withdrew their name okay. so the, the seven remaining you have the six applications that came in for those six and mary chose not to submit one but also mm-hmm. didn't formally remove her name
11: okay, okay. And, and any other um, so uh, w- one comment as well and, and i said it, it there is genuinely an enormous thank you for those that applied I'm echoing what Leo said a couple minutes ago. I was I was delighted not only with the number of candidates who, who raised their hands, um, the quality of the candidates was was, was excellent. Mm-hmm. And um sin- sincerely, volunteering, raising your hand and 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 nominating makes makes our, our committee and the school stronger. Well, regardless
18: of the outcome, I think that the the that pool of people should continue to volunteer. And there's plenty of, you know, spots elected and un elected that could use uh, you know uh, help in that space, and some of these people are doing it. And some of them are definitely you know interested in the schools, for obvious reasons, and um, just um, pleasantly surprised by some of the people who are here and what they do for a living, and um, some of the broad, broad experiences too that uh, some people had, um, both in schools and out of schools, you know, professionally, personally. So then um, again, you know, between building committees and and all the other committees that uh, your side of the house even has to deal with, you know, these, you know people stepping up as well. So, uh, so it was good to see that just with a couple of, um, you know, some of the social media and emails put out. And thank you, Pete, um, for putting those out on yours as well. Um, you know, to see that feedback come in and um, even with the lengthy application process that uh, the school committee asked for, uh, uh, they, um,
15: Yeah,
11: people were very thoughtful in their responses so okay yeah no and I mean the only other piece again reading through the applications we all saw incredible service that they've provided over the years from what we saw and uh, we encourage you to pull papers and run um in in uh March 24th um just a a word and unless there's questions what I was going to do was review the process um, there's a couple things that could happen. I tried to just think through various scenarios. I at least discussed it with Pete. Okay, um, questions the on that. To make sure. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you don't have an easy job here. Like, I don't envy this at all. This is, that was I my know
11: brain. it's trying
0: as <laughs> the different permutations. It's a good. Right? It's a good problem to have. Yeah, right? I'd, I'd much
11: rather. You know, it's a, it's a good problem to have, especially with the caliber <laughs> and, and the folks that are, are standing. You know, coming forward. It, yeah. it, it yep. beats it beats the alternative of opening somebody might show up um but so the uh the appointment will be made by a majority vote of the remaining school committee members we have four and the three of you uh with a roll roll call vote occurring at the end um so I I thought through various scenarios and I just want to kind of speak through what what I have in mind um, we would kick this off and ask if there is a motion to nominate any of the seven eligible candidates and then as, as typically ask if there is a second. At that point, I recognize you may want to know are there other candidates? So I, what we would want to do is then hold that candidate for you know for vote and then ask if there are any other motions for candidates. And if there is a second, if there is, hold that candidate for a vote. If you do the numbers, it's feasible. There could be a third motion and a second. So that way, you know, if I think of it as the pool today right now is seven. Um, If we go through that one step, the pool would become the largest it could be is three Um, at that point. Tim, you should
0: explain why it can only be three because we can only nominate or second one person
11: yeah that, that's that would be the intention and, and i want to i want to s- seek that clarification on that so so the idea would be you either nominate or second one you're not nominating or seconding each one of them um we'll we'll discuss that as a group but let's let's just assume for the purposes of, of for a minute that that you know we either have two or three candidates it's possible well, losing some one. there's seven of us voting yes
4: is it just the three of us. That, who, who's, who's If there's only three, I, I'm just not following the mechanics you here. Can
18: somebody and someone was seconded, that would okay. Whoever that was, let's say you nominated, he yep. seconded. Yep. You two are done in the process. Oh,
4: it's both the person who nominates and the person who
18: seconds. That's how I heard it. Is that correct. Yeah,
11: yeah. Yeah. So the the theoret- Yeah. A candidate needs a majority in order to be con- in order to serve the interim appointment.
3: Right. and Something you just said oh, maybe five minutes ago that, that actually triggered a, a change in who I was looking at for people is if you have the short window of two and a half months and you I actually I think it was, you just mentioned it and budget is key, right? I literally in my head, I'm like, oh, there, there's very good candidates here, but there's two that now jump to the table. I'm like, oh, well, if, if you're looking at budget and it's not somebody that may choose to run or not run, but they can value, then that person to me is like, oh, then they're 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 they just jumped up my list of. They could add more value in the short window and something that we've done. And I'm not I'm following your lead 100% here, but the way we've because we can't talk until we get to this table. We can't share who we like or dislike whenever we make selections. We tend to say, you know, like tonight would be Gus starting first. Like, you, do you have an idea of who who you're thinking, right? And we, it's not like this is who you're locked and loaded on, but unfortunately, we have to pick one, two, or three and kind of see who who sits on top and do we agree with that or disagree with that. So there's some kind of bouncing around. I don't know if I'm sensing we have any any dialogue to that type. It's like whoever's going to start over there with the motion, we either all agree with that motion or we disagree. Is that the direction you're taking this, Tim? I
1: no,
10: understand. it's I'm trying to it's taking turns. So if so, if like someone nominates so Leo nominates candidate a and I second candidate a what he's saying is that we would no longer be supporting an additional candidate in that space but the five of you are still left to nominate candidate B but you would need a second in that space right and then the final piece would be Candidate C and a second on Candidate C and that's why he's stating that we would start with seven we ultimately could end up with three if everybody felt strongly about a different candidate to what you're saying though if we all have a sense you know if if we all have a sense of like the same one or two candidates we might not need that third nomination well and i'm just trying to get it i want to make sure
3: we're helping you right because this is your board not our board right so you know what you need you know what you're looking for especially if it's a seat to fill potentially for only two and a half months so i just want to make sure that um that we're all on the same page to help you so so if there is something you are genuinely looking for i'd like to know that to make sure that uh we understand the needs for your committee for the next two and a half months before it goes out for town
18: election I actually appreciate the questions too for for the public as well and for our own understanding too like I said it's it's uh not a usual you know proceeding that we have all the time so um in particular you know a somewhat high profile board in the town Mm. um so uh, so, we do appreciate that question on process and everything else because I think it's good for people to hear it as well and for me to hear
4: it with you. <laughs> yeah. So, here's the scenario that I'm picturing it's only one possible. One person nominates someone, a second person seconds. Yeah. I'm guessing those two are therefore committed to that candidate. The next person nominates someone, the second one seconds. And I guess those two are committed to that candidate. The fifth and sixth, another person comes with a third candidate, and that gets second. The only one that doesn't get to do anything is the seventh person. But the seventh person is the one who's going to
11: decide among the three who so
16: no it. no no.
11: So so that's where I, let me. That's why I wanted to just get the overarching mm-hmm. process. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we'll get into this because we don't we don't have to do limit you to one or two candidates. The idea here here's the what I was. Concerned about is Leo nominates candidate A. I second candidate A. Mm-hmm. All in favor? Yeah. No, that, I don't want to do something that, yeah. may or may not happen. Right. Right. I, right. I I thought it made more sense to at least confirm what the pool is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pool, if there's a nomination and a second, the maximum size would be three.
1: Mm-hmm.
11: It doesn't have to. Be and though. it, it, it sure. could be one. It could yeah. be, is there any nominations? Leo says A, I second, and say, I'd like to hold that. Are there any other nominations? And I'm not right. asking for that, right? right? Mm-hmm. But any any one of us has the right to nominate. Any one of us can second.
18: But to okay. answer your question is, the majority has to vote, so the person in this case has to have four votes win, The the appointed person. Yeah, yeah, so bear,
11: bear with me, because I've thought through this <laughs> Sorry. multiple, okay. Sorry. multiple Sorry. ways. Yeah. So, so I, it's... It's the engineer and me um so suppose we come out of it and there's there's two candidates one as we typically do before a vote we do ask members of the our committee are we prepared for a vote
1: mm-hmm.
11: there could be discussion there could you know people could say i am prepared i'm not prepared that's what we typically do if we, before we take a vote we do open it up for public input because Whatever we shared between now and then before a vote, we take that public input, mm-hmm. and then we would go forward for a vote. I would, this is what uh, at least Pete and I discussed, we would poll our group as to, you know, the revised pool, whether it's one, two, or three, who do you vote for? Mm-hmm. And then we would ask your group. And I, I would run that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I suggested that order because of the fact that as Eileen said, I'm really feeling that my role is here to support the school committee, and so I thought it was important for the select board to hear from the school
11: committee first before we mm-hmm. weighed in on the people. All right, so, so and Eileen like your comment is is you know I, I don't know what the school committee, you know if the school if we have one candidate that comes forward and second and more to, you know the school committee doesn't bring more forward. it's clear where the school committee stands that doesn't mean that you can't nominate and second, a candidate.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I know. And you, and I appreciate your approach to this.
11: Yeah. Um, with
4: so many, with so many candidates it, my head goes to in the direction of rank choice voting, where you sit there and you, you do the vote. And if you have more, if you have several candidates, you drop the lowest one and then take another round on the votes that are left.
16: Uh, um, I
11: don't, if I were a candidate, and I want to serve I want the public you know I, I want to serve for the interim appointment and I may want to serve for the future appointment I, I don't want I don't think it's necessarily a great idea to have all kinds of commentary about mm-hmm. how you feel about all seven candidates this is just where I sit I, no, I, I no. think that you know there was some debate even we mm-hmm. had about an application and you know with knowledge of the application and what's going on over the next like is 80 days, mm-hmm. do the best job we can with that interim appointment mm-hmm. and recognize it's an interim appointment. Yep, yep. Um, like, I, and Gus, I, I definitely mm-hmm. go from seven to six to five to four, I, I, I looked at it in lots of ways. Um, we did also ask around, you know, it, it's not something there's a crystal clear process. It's, it's a roll call vote. We have a pool of seven. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be easier for mm-hmm. me to place my final vote or if i were in your shoes and you know i didn't know as much as as, as we might to know okay it's now a pool of two
1: mm-hmm.
11: right so and so but we, when we do take a vote the idea would be leo if, if the secondary pool is two do you want candidate do you vote for candidate a or b
3: and let me. Ask, you don't have to. You don't have to do what I'm about to ask. But I'm curious because we've done this when we've selected people. You know, what, this person's a good fit for the following reasons. Because like even when we just recently did the most recent appointment with John Maderos for. The school building committee like we looked at the a the person that left we picked because of a certain age bracket that 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 was there he had building experience so it was like you know what we we put thought behind why we selected who we selected but all the other people that put their names in were fantastic so it, it was tough but it was like okay why did we do it we did it for that not because the other people weren't uh, qualified in any way stretch or means so that's why tonight i'm just
4: this has it, happened twice with us though and it's been fortuitous what we basically did is go through the drill individually and say and yeah there's three that i like and it worked out two times now that the three that we liked we all liked at least two out of the three we all liked at least two out of the three so suddenly it's like well i i like three of them you like two of them i i'm fine with whichever one of the two you like because i like them already so we 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 didn't know that going in that we would be in that great a sync. Right.
1: right.
3: Uh,
4: but that was how that worked, and that and to was all, fortuitous.
3: To all I'm asking is if it, when we select, I just I'm intrigued as to when it all comes down. I want to make sure that we are helping uh, the need that you have, as we said before, especially for this unique window. So
11: right. It so, so I think the way I was looking at it was first. Let's let's nominate and see if there's okay. a second um see what the size of the pool would be okay and then ask if we're prepared for a vote and sometimes when we we do this within our own meetings you know a big part of my job is helping the consensus building
1: mm-hmm.
11: are we prepared for a vote mm-hmm. what what feedback do we gain are we prepared for a vote and in order to be prepared for a vote if if it you know if, if somebody nominates or feels real strongly about a candidate it, that's that's up to them to, okay. to share you know i'm not i'm not saying don't i'm just not um i'm not trying to solve a problem i don't have yet right <laughs> like I, I i am aware like that you know I, I didn't think it was a great idea for whoever gets nominated all in favor without any visibility to would there be others Absolutely. who were nominated um, and and we did you know this is consistent with a roll call vote i think the only thing and and we i also did check there's nothing in the policy that says you can't nominate or second more than one candidate so if everyone's amenable to it and i i did um write it down the way the way i word it is can the elected the the elected officials uh, each elected official may nominate or second a single candidate and if everybody agrees on that i would like to take that as a motion for this process tonight i,
0: I certainly agree with that
4: i'll suggest something different uh and i'll it's you and i agree with what we've all said that we're, we're here to support you uh and i'm coming from a standpoint of a complete public perception of legitimacy of how we do this so it's the reason i'm 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 antsy about an inside lane is because it's gonna it it potentially is something that wouldn't look like that i will give you an alternative and you can just reject it and i'll let it go i'd have each one of us have an opportunity to nominate someone if you don't have anyone if like right now i've got three names that Mm -hmm. work for me based on my analysis Mm -hmm. if those three names get nominated i don't want to nominate anybody else uh And the only issue would be if someone nominates someone, they have to get second. If there's nobody else in the group that's going to second, then that nomination is made, but it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, And so you could potentially have, we all spread out, you could wind up with seven candidates. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, But there's this kind of weird irregularity about either somebody's making the motion or they're using their vote to second or they're not doing anything at all. And I'm just having a hard time picturing how that I don't know how that play I honestly don't know how that would play out, but it feels random and unpredictable to me. Where if everybody says here's the person I'd not so in other words, each person's nominating someone that's their kind of the the one person out of the seven they'd most like to see run. If it doesn't get seconded, then it's gone. If it does get seconded, then then we know where there's some pool. Mm-hmm. For me, there's three people that for sure I'm good with. Mm-hmm. Um
3: I see what you're calling what It's you're almost doing. like if once you I commit, yeah. I'm done and I can't vote anymore. It's like, well, what, but if you bring up somebody and we and we listen to why it's like, well, you know what? Then then that's
11: not a bad option. So I think that's what you're saying is because I, I still would think it's worthwhile to see if there's a second. Let's mm-hmm. say if I nominate candidate A mm-hmm. and nobody seconds candidate A. Yeah, you've used your nomination, but it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Would I still be eligible? to second somebody i
3: would think sure. so. Like, and, I, and i would, sure. yeah. Yeah.
11: Yeah. I would think yeah. that would yeah be you gotta have to vote for him sure yeah, yeah right. sure. um i think the theory is of, of saying and, and i would i would think about the words but to saying may only nominate a single candidate the theory would be i nominate you nominate candidate A. there's no second you nominate candidate b there's no you know you, we can do that i guess um but but you won't vote until you know how many candidates
4: are nominated right
1: right it's right, right.
4: right it's because otherwise then it's a question of who nominates
11: who's the fastest one no, on I, the trigger
18: it's
11: the problem we might not have is there might only be one candidate. I don't know that might be one well
3: candidate. it's gonna be it's like like when we do it the way we do it it's funny how like it's very <laughs> rare that we're that far off so I I look to you to see who are you interested in? And I bet you 10 to 1. It's not far off from what we looked at and thought, you know what, if if budgets are important and now that you've told me you're actually okay, if someone just really kind of want get, to get their feet wet and may not choose to run like that, I'd be, I'd like to see whoever does this actually want the intention of doing it for a two year stint. But you know, that's just my two cents. It's,
10: but it is what it is. I think we want the person that is selected tonight to want to run. Yeah. Yes. I think that's important to us as well.
4: So, so in my case i've already stated I, I actually there are some nobody said they didn't want to run there's right. a couple that sound like they're yeah, I hope trying to do. figure it out right <clears throat> i think that's a good thing
1: okay
11: so i to make sure i'm just playing that's it out. just me i'm playing it out so so take a round of nominations
4: or each yeah. each person has an op, you know, they have the opportunity to nominate someone, or they can just defer and say, no, the person I want has already been nominated.
3: Or, or do you want to say, yeah, I, one, I think... your top one, top two, or top three? Like, if you wanted to see your top two, you just get a feel for it. Yeah, if I, there's I a don't... pool where we're all like, you know, we get where you're coming from. Uh, you know, that, again, that's how we've done it. I don't want to overstep, but I feel like I am right now. So, Tim.
11: Yeah, the way the way I I looked at it is, who is the candidate I feel strongest about? Um, part of my role is to try to gain, you know consensus from the group um i wanted to hear who is nominated um going into it my position was i'd like to hear if is anyone seconding those candidates Mm -hmm. because um there are strict rules when we do these things Mm -hmm. and if it if we stay at seven candidates and seven candidates and we we stuck that we stuck there i i don't think
3: that's going to happen i think my my heart is i have a feeling we're all kind of bubbling around to the same few and then it's a matter of Finalizing. I think
0: we're complicating something that isn't that complicated. That's coming. So I think that
11: if we just go ahead. Were you an engineer as well? No. Not, not, but I
0: should have been probably. I'm was, I was,
11: I not trying to make it's an engineering joke. I'm sorry. This conversation was, may have changed a few
1: minds. <laughs>
11: yes, that's the wrong. Uh, so um, I don't think in that case too, because I wouldn't ask for a motion. I would just say, I would say, um, Ask yes, for nominations. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm saying this correctly as we uh, as we go through this. Um, so we would ask for nominations. We're not asking for seconds. Those that are nominated, we would ask for nominations of that revised pool, mm-hmm. and ask for seconds. Is there a second for that candidate? in the event that there's more than one candidate, you know, and then we would hold it, hold, hold for vote. Because it, 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 what I'm saying is that we do this first round, and then what?
7: So the statute is very simple. There's not a lot of detail to it. You're adding a whole layer of gloss, which is fine. Whatever, you, whatever works for you. But I would suggest at some point, you just open it on your side for nominations and see what happens. Mm-hmm. That nomination
11: needs to be Doesn't that's not a legal requirement. I, I appreciate uh, your input, and and um, I may need to. Here's where I'm also am trying to be mindful of. Ask for nominations, and then see what happens. And then at some point, we haven't agreed on a process amongst the seven of us. And then, however, a candidate is selected, somebody's questioning the validity of that candidate for months or years to come
7: it can't be because it's a roll call vote and it's a majority vote so it's pretty cut and dry
4: Mm
11: -hmm. I think the only issue is if
4: there's multiple candidates so if I take nominations and I'm I'm not
11: trying to overcomplicate this if I take nominations and there are four candidates Mm -hmm. somebody get that excuse me excuse me I'm I'm not trying to be difficult I'm I'm trying I've been I've, I've fought through this many ways so we make nominations and there are four candidates mm-hmm. at that point the pool is four mm-hmm. do we then okay now we have a candidate a pool of four and we discuss what the process is from there
7: if somebody gets an absolute majority it's over if they don't you would eliminate the low person and discontinue until you have a survivor
11: okay so what I'm trying to avoid is if that becomes a pool of four we then say all in favor of candidate a
7: it's a roll call vote you've got to go each person
11: and tell each person do you vote for one of those four and Mm -hmm. right i would prefer knowledge that a candidate has a second
7: would to, make,
11: to me it would make sense and then say okay now we have a pool of four mm-hmm. is there a second for candidate a yeah, is there a second? yeah if there's no second same. for candidate a because what i, I don't want to get is a point to a point where we don't have a majority we have three candidates and it's two two i think we will one. Mm-hmm. at that at that point yeah right so and, and um Mark I'm pleased my tone is it's just more I've thought about okay what happens in that second layer um I also I, I'm not I don't do this as frequently typically it's all in favor I and, and so what I was also trying to clarify is no state your preferred candidate so I think it would be round one of nominations see how many we get round two nominations and a second mm-hmm. see how many we get Um, At that point, we have a pool and ask for who's your preferred candidate within that pool
3: and personally for me, I'm looking to see where you guys are are going. Right. I mean, I I don't, I don't want to be taking the lead on this because it's your committee. So I'm very intrigued to see where the four school committee members are leaning. And uh, I, my, my gut is we're not too far off.
4: Tim, the one other, just to carry that process. Ultimately, the end point is one nominee gets four votes because it requires four. So, to your point, you're you're going to we're going to have to get down to a point where four people come together around one nominee. There could be four candidates as long as four people are homed in on one. Uh, and that's I'm not sure. With I'm just trying to help you think this one through. Correct. What we're talking correct. about here when Possibly you get past that second round, how do you get to four?
11: For sure right it, it's possible you somebody nominated one candidate nobody else seconds at least yeah, that right, pool is right three. Yep. right so right. so when i ask everybody for their
4: vote in my in my guess at least for us when we get that at some point we we go into more of a mode around flexibility okay if i know that's one you like yeah that's one i think is fine maybe it wasn't even my first choice but i'm willing to come um, out. so that's how I, we process yeah it
3: I, I think, and, and that's actually how we selected yeah, the school building yeah. can we we kind of talked yeah. it through and we realized okay you know what yeah. understanding what the opening is but okay let's what this makes sense so it it was just a dialogue and once we all flushed it out we're like okay it was
11: yeah, yeah. I, I um I actually liked our process as well for the okay. selecting of the select board or the uh, SBC mm-hmm. and this is different because two committees are coming together yeah. right mm-hmm. so there's familiarity we have that that, that we don't have um I I would ask too and and again without questioning Mark we we, you and I Michelle walked through this process with our Council um we did ask our Council I'm not sure if Mark is is um or I'm sorry if Andy is here um so I I would just like to make sure um and I could maybe take a step back and just make sure that process if there's if there's any issues that you see um and, we can...
0: and if you're going to talk you need to use a microphone so the people that okay. are home watching on tv can yeah that's yeah. fine
3: yep and so this is the attorney for the Correct. okay yes. i knew i recognized him i'm like why do i know that John? <laughs> you did Hi, the Good evening.
19: yes that's you're fine attorney. Um,
12: i would echo what mark said a moment ago i think the statute is fairly flexible in terms of process it just it speaks to nominees it doesn't even require seconds you can i think add that to your process, if you want to, but you're not required to. Um, it just requires nominations, and then at that point, uh, a simple majority uh, decides who, who's selected. Okay.
11: Thank it you. Doesn't, and it
4: doesn't address, you don't get a In other words, if there's four nominees and you don't, oh, a simple majority.
11: And we still need oh, to a gain majority four. Four. The language of the statute speaks a
4: majority. So if it's. So it doesn't. It, so what I'm getting at is if you had three candidates and no candidate got four. Does it address what you then have to do to winnow
11: the field? It does
3: not. Okay. No, I think and Tim, I guess the challenge that I have, not challenges, you guys are, are a board of four or five. So you can go two and two and just have a conversation and not break it. We never can. So that's what's hard is you you guys might have had a talk and it's nothing illegal, right? Because your your majority is is three or more. We can't do that at all. So we are coming from this blind. I have no idea what these guys are yeah. thinking. So it, it's that, that's why we do tend to t- talk it out because there is no chance for us to talk until we're here on a Tuesday night.
7: If you had a, a um, deadlock, if you will, on a first round, and you wanted to have a discussion among yourselves as to the pluses and minuses of candidates, however awkward that may be, there's nothing to foreclose you doing that.
11: Yeah, I've, I've I had a whiteboard where I, like that could happen, right? We somebody could. You know, choose choose not to vote right and, and i would just suggest that we cross that bridge mm-hmm. when when it's necessary that that's where I think you know I, I just think it's i'm not sure what will happen um, and I don't necessarily want to um I, I'm thrilled with the candidates that we have and i as I said earlier i want that to be positive and then yes. get them to consider yeah. running again you know running in for the election regardless absolutely this is the interim appointment
18: so, Tim, as the chair, I'm asking you, do you want seconds, or do you want to just go through a
11: nomination process? So, the advantage of asking, the second time through, the advantage of asking for seconds is the maximum size of the poll is three. How about the first time? No, I don't, I'm okay. I mean, I'm hearing from everybody that they don't want to do that. So, and I... I guess we can still discuss if mm-hmm. if it becomes five candidates, then we can.
3: I think that's healthy. Again, if we are encouraging yeah. people to run, the last thing we want to do is stiff arm somebody right now, right? Like that, that's the the worst thing we can send. So this is going to be transparent as we can be. Um, again, I think th- I ha- my gut is <laughs> this is going to shake up easier than I think we're all struggling with. <laughs> um, to a certain extent, just, you know. What are you looking for if, if you, if budget
18: concern and trying to get we'll crunch
3: things done in the next two and a half months. Um, well,
18: I think mean, I think more of the side of the budget is the, the budget experience, just going, yeah, the yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. so you know, school budget experience is you know, uh, a different animal sometimes, and different, but everyone's a different experience. Yeah. So, well, I think it's just one of the ones exposing someone to, uh, is one that it's good to have a taste of, I guess, if you
1: will. Okay, let's go. Cool.
11: All right. No, that's t- helpful, and uh, Andy, it, it is helpful even the one it, it, we always ask for seconds.
12: You do not have to.
11: Good to uh, good to know. Uh, okay, so let me just make sure I word this correctly because um, this is before any any vote. But uh, so I, I would like to um, entertain a motion uh, to nominate a candidate for the interim school committee position until March 26th or, or whenever the next schedule the next scheduled election actually occurs yep. so what I what I said is is there a motion to nominate any candidates?
3: Did you want to name, a name? Are you opening, yeah. okay. are you opening? So I'm waiting for you to I'm waiting for you to say a name and then I'm assuming whether
11: I'm I'm magic. opening it up to the seven um elected officials. on will entertain nomination
7: you'll entertain. Nominate, know. You'll entertain, you'll you'll entertain. Go
10: first. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'd like to nominate Diana Frischella for the interim appointment to the Medfield School Committee.
3: And that was for who that was number one on my list. So just let you know.
11: just so want to have a pen, All right, so I'll just use my computer. Are there any other nominations?
6: I'd like to not. Mm-hmm. One second, I'm just writing back So Michael Rybaki. Yeah. And um, just and,
11: and I'm just doing this in my own notes, and Shell nominated Diana Friskella. So mm-hmm. Michael uh, Rybaki and Diana Friskella. Yeah, I think those are good names. Are there any other nominations? Thank you.
4: Yeah, I'll nominate Kristen Martin.
11: Uh, are there any other nominations?
0: Pete, you good? I, if I'm not going to nominate anybody, I think it's there.
3: That's what I'm saying. So you're good. So I just want to make sure that you, yeah, no, okay. no, of okay. course.
0: Okay. That's why I'm not saying anything.
3: <laughs> Do I just, well, there's times you haven't
0: responded when, then
3: you say it later. So to make sure.
11: <laughs> okay. Are, are there any other, there's no other nominations. Okay, so now we got now we at least know where we are <laughs> <That's good. laughs> so there there's a pool of three, which is better which is good um yeah the the uh the candidates that uh we brought forward will um brought forward Michael Rybaki. Uh, Michelle brought forward Diana, kelella freshella freshella I am sorry um and uh I believe uh that's brought
6: forward Kristen, Kristen, Mark. Kristen Mark. and I'm just putting uh a... that's well
11: okay mm-hmm. um and then I, I would ask uh I think just just based on that are do we feel comfortable taking this to a vote at this stage or is yes. there a discussion yes. around this yes call
5: vote
7: so we'll call vote. Multiple, roll call vote
11: Excuse me? roll call vote okay and and consistent with our policies within um, the school committee before we bring something to a vote um and i appreciate the public and the, the listening to us as we walk through it we would open it up for public comment in the event that there is any public comment and um, just ask that you follow the same rules that we we shared when we opened up the meeting so is there any public comment
0: nothing on zoom nothing online any public comment?
11: okay um so with that I would I'd like to take it forward with a vote again um we we're going to have the school committee um identify their preferred candidate first and then move it on to you um so Michelle
10: um, I'd like to nominate Diana Frischella or vote for Diana Frischella for the interim appointment to the Medfield School Committee. i Michelle Kirkby.
11: Uh, Leo? Yeah,
18: Diana
11: Okay. Uh, Will? I think it... I'd like to vote for Michael Wabacki. Okay. Uh, Tim Knight, I would like to vote for Diana Fraschella, if I say it correctly. I am in I would like to vote for Diana, Tim
3: Knight. You want Gus next or Pete? So Peter. you
7: should, the select board should call
0: there. Oh, I was going to let Tim poll uh, us because it's his meeting. You still you said so I, Come and, on and, uh, a meeting.
11: So, Pete, I would defer it to you to. All right.
0: Uh, 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 Mr. Murby? Yeah. I vote would. for
4: Michael Rybaki.
0: Eileen? Uh, I, vote for Diane I vote for Diana Facello. I vote for Diana Facello.
11: and i'm just taking this down so
7: 6 press... to 2 yes. yeah. I mean... 5
11: to 5 to two. yeah so that's my t- t- total is uh five votes for diana um, two votes for michael
0: correct correct
11: so with that i'm not not sure the uh i think i think the uh, roll call would say that diana is the fifth member of the school committee so do they motion yeah, that they just right. declare is, her as the so,
3: so i think you guys then would motion that as, and confirm it amongst you guys, right? Is that, what? Is there a mo- no motion? No, okay. Already, no, that's it. No okay, good. Right. She's a school
0: committee member now? Committee member, right. Where is she? Let's get her up here.
11: I'm not sure Diana. she's not attending she, her meetings. She do so oh, you she do is. Have to, you have
7: to move to adjourn your, your meeting in a roll call for
4: discussion that. to get a
0: quick vote. Like <laughs> <there>. <laughs> well,
3: that's what I, I kind of figured. I was like, we'll be, so I, is she I, here?
11: Is Diana in the room? Yes, I think, I think Diana's here. I, yeah
0: thank uh, you for stepping forward
11: yeah, thank you <laughs> yeah. D- diane and, and sincerely everybody um good. thank you thank you for stepping forward um two i i, I appreciate walking through the process um, i think that is as important as, as the outcome um, anyone else has a little bit of a popsicle headache from the that walking for that <laughs> i apologize um but i uh you know uh, i think it was a healthy process and
0: so Tim I, I would just say that I'm very appreciative of you basically took the lead on organizing me and uh, Christine and Frank and and Michelle and and you and I have had m- multiple meetings about this but it was basically your leadership that brought us all together and, and made this work so smoothly so thank you
11: yes I hope my leadership will drive a simpler process for the next <laughs> yeah, um, cool. no I think uh, that's great I, I appreciate it and unless there's any other questions
9: uh, no,
11: I didn't oh, think. Yeah, so uh com, yeah, okay. Uh all in favor uh, motion uh, uh, Tim Knight. Well, uh Tim Knight, I
10: yes.
11: Um, thank you is much. Nice to meet
0: you Andy. Thank, thank you, you for
11: coming too.
3: To everyone that put paper yes. I genuinely appreciate it. and you know what? March elections right around the corner.
11: Thanks for the thank you thanks tim return that yeah. picture I did have my computer but... is,
1: that... is that michael
3: right there? Is was that michael yes all right it's fun i actually played golf with your mom and dad no way yeah. <laughs> right. we need to connect
15: <laughs> that's fantastic where and when uh
3: uh labor day weekend two years ago down at uh the cape club
15: Oh, yeah. 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 We're on all the time kids. <laughs> That's fun.
0: Okay, so our next uh, appointment care. is
15: I think this was fun to, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I to home, like, all,
4: all our meetings are fun. But <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, we'll see you pull papers hopefully in March. I'm thinking about it. good. I'm thinking about it for sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you.
12: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So our next appointment uh, is getting back to Jean Minio, review of Belfort Chapel renovation plans and elevations. Thank you for waiting uh, yeah. us out, Jean.
5: <laughs> so one of our consultants had to sign off, but I think if you can promote Sean yeah, Redburn, yeah. and will be will he be a co-host so he can I'll, share her screen? I'll make him okay. a
13: co-host, and he'll be able to. So
5: Sean is our project architect, and he'll walk you through the plans and the elevations, and any questions you might have. Hi, Sean. i Can't hear you yet. You
6: the volume. Yeah, she can see my screen with the existing chapel, it's a infirmary, the Delphiolis
19: Center. Um, what we're looking to do is to create a 300 seat theater uh, in the main chapel space. And then uh, off to the right is the infirmary, and in the infirmary will be practice studios uh, for students. Uh, we're looking to build an addition in the middle of the two buildings to connect them. That connector addition will contain all of the services uh, for the building, bathrooms, all the mechanical equipment, and then we're um, also going to be looking to add an addition on the back of the building back uh, and building here which will uh, have uh, actors dressing rooms as well as loading for the uh, the stage of the uh, chapel i'm going to go through some plans with you all and if anyone has questions uh, during the presentation please feel free to just ask away uh, so this is the the uh Connector piece will be the main entry lobby into the into the building. As I mentioned, it will include the bathrooms, include a catering kitchen. Off to the right-hand side will be uh, practice rooms, band rooms, uh, for uh, I guess for for lunching or for use. Um, and then the main space will be a uh, multi-purpose room with a concession area in, in the building. And, Behind the stage will be dressing rooms, actors' green rooms. As you move up through the through the space, um, there'll be a balcony level, and that will um, also contain a concessions area and some bathrooms. Um, there'll be a retractable seating riser in the main uh, in the main space that will allow you to either have um, a tiered seating system for for theater, um, or you could also push the the chair seating back and have um, 300 people standing room or sitting uh, on the the main floor on the second floor of the infirmary will be more more band rooms and practice rooms and that is at the the basement level and the space will uh, mainly some mechanical storage space uh, and below the chapel and then as well as some dressing rooms uh, at the back of the stage area, and then again, more um, rehearsal rooms uh, over in the infirmary. Uh, the exterior of the building will be looking to, uh, to restore the, uh, the masonry and the, and the slate roofs of both buildings. Uh, we'll be adding a, an addition in the middle, which will be uh, clad with zinc uh, panels and, uh, and storefront glass. Um, at the rear we'll be looking to add another addition as i mentioned this will be a brick uh, brick addition with a a zinc roof on it again just more images of uh, the restoration work that we're going to be be doing on the building all this work will be done um, to the uh, to the national park service standards Some, just some renderings of the exterior of the building, the main entrance. And then this is the back entry uh, off the main green, or the, uh, the east green, I should say.
6: That's it. Jane, do you have anything to add?
5: Any questions?
3: Is
4: there anything we should be asking you
3: <laughs> that looks beautiful yeah.
0: Gus, do you have any comments no, questions? no
4: i i I mean it, we've we at least in my case I've seen some of the, some of this although it's nice to see it a little further developed I would um at this stage I don't think I know of any particular issues that I should be asking you about uh beyond basic things like funding and <laughs> things like that uh, i think it's good i think it looks great i think it's It's gonna be great
3: and this is i'm assuming you're at this stage so that you can continue to go out to your fundraising group to show them that this is this is what they're putting their money towards it's no longer just kind of a pencil sketch that this is beautiful this is right down to the
5: yeah i mean we're at about 75 percent completion on the construction documents um which is a stage that we took it before the planning board for preliminary review as well as the medfield historic commission review just to see if there were questions or concerns at this point before they're final finalized. And um when I look at the the
3: structure and I look at the architectural plans, you're using as much of the core building as you can. Unlike unlike Trinity that's being held to higher standards because they're using the uh, national park uh historic tax credits. So you're, are we Oh, sorry. So you then are being held to the same type of standards yes, where you, yes. like the windows that you're choosing and things like that, you just can't willy-nilly it. It's, Correct. Okay. So you are using historic tax credits to help. Yep.
5: Yeah, we're expecting about $5 million total from state and federal.
1: Okay.
3: So some of the changes that I see in the building today, will you be able to make those changes? Because I, I am only asking this question, so I know when I walked with Jim from Trinity, Mm-hmm. He's like, I mean, they, they will bicker if we try to swap out anything. Like, it needs to stay as true as possible. It's like as silly as it is. Like, so when I look at the picture that's exposed right now and I see, like, the, the Bell Forge wall and all. Like, you can do those type of additions without changing the feel or put ramps and decks and whatever without, again, changing the original design of the building.
5: You're talking about the addition in between the two buildings in particular? The-
3: well, the addition, and then it just looks like there's some modif- slight modifications to the outside of the building. So any of those
5: modifications, those are allowed. Do you um, want to address that, Sean? I don't think there are mo- many modifications to the exterior. Or maybe. Okay.
19: And we're um, we're up- updating them in terms of um, MEP systems, but we're restoring the windows um, and are providing uh, historic replica windows. Okay. Um, we're also uh, replacing the slate roof in kind, and we're also um, going to be restoring the masonry. Um, so the the additions in the middle of the um, in the middle and at the back, the the park service doesn't want those additions to to look um, you know look historic. They want them to to be the, you know of their own period. Ah, okay. So, uh, for us to match the, you know match the building, but to to kind of play off the building Uh, and be something that someone could come to the building 20 years later and be like, oh, I see that's a dish. This is the historic piece.
3: Okay, Okay. that's helpful.
0: Thank you. So, um, I heard the word kitchen and and is the kitchen in the basement? I didn't see where the kitchen...
5: It's in the main level. Uh, uh, It's on the main level? Behind the entry, the new entry. It's a catering kitchen. By the bathrooms or something? Yes. Yeah, okay. But it's just a catering kitchen. It's not a... Full kitchen.
0: Okay. You'll build that somewhere else.
5: Mm-hmm. It's the restaurant. Um,
0: <laughs> the um Sean, maybe it's a question for you. The 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 national park standards that you have to comply with. Um I'm kind of curious about the um the um uh, uh the the level of, of uh insulation uh for instance on on a structure like this are, are you allowed to add insulation to it to make it uh, energy efficient in uh in certain
19: areas we can uh we can attempt to add insulation where we're, we're going to be um, insulating the basement walls uh, of the chapel and we're going to be putting insulation in the roof of the chapel the um, the main um, space in the chapel the seating chamber we will not be adding insulation there because we'll, we'll be replacing the plaster that's there because it would Affect the overall look of the of the uh, detailing the space if we were to add add to those walls there. In the infirmary, however, we are adding uh, adding insulation to all the walls there. Um, you know, not a significant amount, just an R ten amount uh, insulation because we don't want to um, change the dew point in the in the brick in the building. We change the dew point on the brick too much. Um, it'll push water vapor to the outside of the building and then the freeze thaw. Of uh, the water vapor will destroy the masonry; it'll start to spall.
15: Okay. Um, so
19: we we are doing as as much as we can to to make them uh, you know a modern updated building.
0: But there are different standards for the for the actual performance standard versus the infirmary. Apparently, you can do more in terms of insulation in the infirmary. You're saying.
19: Well, it's just because we're not dealing with all the detailing around the windows, and um, we have we have the uh, trusses, the main trusses in the in the space, the, the uh, main seating chamber. If we were to add walls to that, you would start to lose the trust and the detail of those trusses. So we would not be allowed to do that under the park service.
0: So it's just a personal. I'm puzzled, because I, I, it looks to me like there's a metal structure in the in the uh, chapel itself that was added to, to hold the place up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that something that you're yeah. going to have to deal with or leave, or or what do you do with that?
5: Sean? It's going to be
19: yeah. and, um,
5: okay.
19: It was put in, in place because the walls, the trusses weren't designed properly, <laughs> excuse me, and um, it was pushing out the exterior walls.
0: Yeah, so you need it He's structurally, and it's to part to of your history. So keep it because it's part of your history. Um, so you're you say you're at seventy-five percent completion of your construction drawing, So you're pretty pretty far along. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk to residents about your financial? I know that you're getting a lot of money for historic tax credits. So do do you want to talk about that or not? It's up to you.
5: I'll just say that we have crossed the 50% threshold in our fundraising so far. So we are just over that. We have um, $13 million pledged of a $25 million goal, but the project is a $30 million project. So $25 million is still a working goal because of the historic tax credits. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: Anything else for us or? No. Thank you so much. Any questions from the? seeing none we're ready to move on then thank right. you jean thank you
3: Thanks,
6: jean. john Thanks, John. sean thank you sean. um
0: i think that our next item is uh under action items vote to approve mm-hmm. amendments to contract with water and current for the water treatment plant construction project welcome back mo sure. thank you for uh, bearing with us
9: the same. No, no, it's all good um, did
0: we get the right school committee?
9: <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm sure you <laughs> Thank did. you. Great politics. Um, I have two contract amendments for our water treatment plant project. Um, both of these amendments went uh, for approval through the uh, permanent building committee and their uh, approval for your consideration for, for approval for these. Um, one is the uh, our OPM, which is our... Um, uh operation uh, project manager for this particular uh project they're looking to um the original contract was supposed to be um the original project was supposed to be ended in february uh, because of uh, delays in the supply chain and a lot of other things that happened Um, it's gone another nine ten months we're in the final stages right now we're in the the closing of it with the startup of everything, so there are extra costs that are due to the uh, different uh, engineering firms for this, and that's what these are. One is for the uh, owner's project manager, the OPM, and one is for the skater project. That's the uh, kind of the brains behind every all the uh, the alarm systems and everything to hook it to the rest of the town. So, like I said, both of these have gone through the permanent building committee, and we're looking for your approval for these two amendments
0: okay guys questions comments so
9: to,
4: to uh, so i'll talk about both of them at the same time sure. so the yeah, the one with the opm that's all i didn't have any questions yep. on that i kind of understand that's sort of a time of materials thing and it's taken a more this was a good explanation the one for the SCADA, <clears throat> it's a it's i'm always around contract management issues here this sounds like work they've already they've already done because if i if i'm following correctly because the statements like under phase one it says hardware and professional subcontractor services were procured so past tense when i go to the next page under startup engineering engineering services were provided my observation on this is that so i think we're approving something that has already been done which effectively (laughs) it doesn't we're not making any decisions unless we want to sit there and open ourselves up to some sort of bad faith contracting. If I'm following this right, this is after the fact. The first one's after the fact. The second one sounds like maybe it's not. Is that correct?
9: I'm, I'm, I'm sure they did some already because of certain things that uh, chain of, uh, you know, the, as far as timing. Right. But I'm not exactly sure of everything. So that, well, that's fine. My basic point is that some
4: of this has already happened before we've actually approved it. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving you a hard time about that. I'm basically raising the question around contracting. We What we do here to approve things that's already been done, unless we want to start a fight with somebody, It's we're not doing anything meaningful here. We're just sort of stamping something and we weren't, br- it makes it look like we made a decision when we didn't. It seems to me like it would make sense in contracts in the future that there be a certain bucket, <clears throat> which is the contingency task, you know, that, so you, I would rather have approved the financing, the funding when the contract was let and have you in charge of, these are the kinds of things you don't need us to be doing it. Right. If it's something that needs to be done, the money should be there where you just release it. Um, so it's not a slam. I don't have a problem with either one of these other than I'm making an observation. This one that we are approving, we're not doing anything. We're just choosing not to start a fight about something. I would rather find us, find us having contracts that a wouldn't force you to come here and sit for two hours uh, to watch all this stuff, because you're really the one that's got the, the knowledge and the authority. Uh, so if there's a way for us to build that stuff in when we're really approving a contract, that gives you the flexibility to give additional funding when that's justified. And if stuff comes to us, it should be more like maybe the second one, which is it's coming to us before, because there's no negotiation. You know, there's nothing to negotiate here. We're just going to say, sure. Uh, And it's just wasting our time. It's wasting your time. Uh, So it's an observation if there's a way for us to start moving With these kind of direction,
9: I'd like to see us do it because it's difficult with these large projects like this because it's just so many moving parts at one time, Um, I I understand your. But but I mean,
4: I think it would be easier for you, so it may be that you at least can come in with an idea that says listen here's this this and this and I want to actually have the funding approved for this plus 15% i'm not going to release that unless it's necessary and then you're in charge of it rather than us doing meaningful meaningless votes all right after the fact No, nope. understood oh, okay but that was my only
0: I
3: no i mine's off the wall question i was intrigued by so where do they actually install the antenna hardware and all that is it within the water treatment plant is it up on one of
17: the towers how do they...
9: well there are, there are antennas on top of the towers Yep. Yeah that read what's going on but through the so there's a combination of both at the treatment plant and up on the towers
3: interesting okay
9: yeah um, and I would like to request if I could get authorization to sign off on on these amendments if they do decide to put a uh, a, uh, um, a signature page or just initial these yeah, I'm if happy. that's okay with you guys I'm happy to do that sure we're,
0: we're happy to have you yep. do that okay great so you want to do a motion then, Eileen, please? All right. So we will
3: motion to approve the amendment to the contract with Woodward and Curran for the water treatment plant construction project.
0: An authorized mo to sign.
3: Oh, an authorized mo to sign the amendment. And to
0: be clear,
4: that's two amendments that we're approving, not just one. It's two documents. Oh, yes.
9: Yeah.
0: 000, to, yep. Yep. Do we have a second? Second. All those in favor?
4: Aye. 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 Uh, Can I ask you
9: about we... the uh, snow and ice one now?
3: Yes. 14
9: yes yes
0: go ahead please
9: um so this this award letter that I had wrote, written up for the, the slip and all the information is on here if you could vote for this award letter instead of having to separate everything out because it's all separated on here yep just makes it easier on you guys so that yeah. you don't have to there's no confusion we appreciate right. that sure we did get a good price this year um we we're probably the lowest in the state for, for Congratulations, the salt then. Uh, so we have a 30 town consortium so that's great it's uh 30 towns are benefiting from it so thanks to you no it's it's uh
0: well you started it when you came here so it's <laughs> thanks to you um so I- any questions guys nope eileen no nope, motion yep please
3: all right motion to vote to award the bids for the 2023 2024 joint purchase of salt award eastern minerals as the primary awardee uh, of the rock salt bid with morton salt company yes. as a secondary he wants you to incorporate simply that
9: just as a letter. As, as oh, that just on letter. that letter yeah just they, in case they, there's oh, any kind of discrepancy right. of what oh
3: so audience. just uh okay motion to award the bids to the joint purchase as, as listed as, as, as listed in the the memo on okay.
0: yeah. materials thank Got you it. second second all aye. those in favor aye. aye thank you very much thanks both thank you I think you can go home now thank you <laughs> Done that one uh, let's see we have a vote uh, number nine is on our action items is vote to accept Dish wireless LLC's bid for the Mount Nebo water tower wireless facilities site request for proposal
13: so we have three um, spots for antenna leases available up on the uh, the Mount Nebo water tower uh, all three were occupied um, until recently when Two of the carriers merged, that being um, AT and T and Sprint. Hmm. So there's one that is. I know I said available, but there's there's three that exist and one that is vacant. So a few weeks ago we put that out for an RFP, uh, received um, uh, one response, and so tonight we're asking to accept this bid, and then hoping to um, finalize some of the details uh, on the lease with Dish, um, and hopefully have that for you on December nineteenth. Both myself, Mark, David Maxson and uh, Maria De La Fuente um, have spoken with Dish and are confident we can work through some of the exceptions that they noted in their um, in their response. Um, and Mark, I don't know if you want to chime in here, but the terms um, that we've proposed are similar to those um, for the existing leases that we have, uh, not only at the the Nebo Tower but on the State Hospital Tower as well.
7: The real, the real driver here is that um, it has, they have to submit structure uh, engineering plans for peer review by us uh, to confirm that because it's a water tower that there's, the water tower is not going to be in any way uh, implicated, either from wind loads or how they, how are they going to make the attachments, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we want that done before we between now and the time we finalize a lease because that would trigger time period. So uh with approval because they're a wireless carrier, they and there's a, a short period under the federal law
3: for them to get their approval.
0: Gus, questions? No questions. Eileen?
3: Yeah, well the only question I have and I, I think I threw this out prior to your time here, Frank, but I threw it to uh so you guys, when we did Comcast renewal. So where I see proposed escalator is 2.5% over the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. My only concern is if DISH bumps up the residential bills by four or five or six, right? And, and we're, I almost feel like we should be mirroring what they're hitting the, our residents for. Because mm-hmm. if there's a spike in a DISH bill, then we should be seeing a spike as a return um, from them. So instead of just flat because i I can almost guarantee at least i'm gonna speak for my comcast my bill is never flat like it it, that if i looked out 20 year window it's wildly more expensive than it was and i look at we started 45 and 20 years later it's like 71. i just i'm just curious if we have any wiggle room as to mirror uh, watching what dish is doing to our
13: residents so we had when we issued the rfp we requested um, that any respondents include an escalator of um two and a half percent as a minimum. Okay. Um Dish was the only respondent uh, or responder. Um and the two and a half percent um is the same escalator that we use in the other leases, both at Mount Nebo and at the at the state hospital.
3: Right. And I and I brought this up again before your time that and then it was like, Well, that's what we've done. I'm like, I get that's what's been done, but I also think in 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 fairness, um that we just, it, we can watch there's,
7: that. there's a somewhat of a disconnect there because this is based on the overall rental market for sites and all. Mm-hmm. So it it does I understand I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but it doesn't kind of. It, it's not a cause and effect. The rent is determined by what's the going rent out there in the marketplace, either private, either municipal, private, what have you. But which includes escalators, and so, whatever they whatever they do with their customers is a, a separate thing. Understanding that this is not a uh, a cable carrier either. This is the rent is
0: pretty good. It was like forty-five thousand a year, and because it, it used to be thirty thousand a year, so right. we're we're doing better.
7: Well, and they've, they've actually in other communities way. where they were set very high, they've come down. The market's very very volatile. It, the players change constantly. Sure, Dish came from nowhere. I it's the first time I've experienced them. Well, they used to be
3: under AT and T, and then AT T spun them off. So I'm just so it's bare minimum 2.5, but we have the ability as we move to this contract to uh, to look at that. And
7: in... not with them, because they responded with the they responded to an R, RRFP. Your choice is not to accept it because they didn't exceed or they didn't meet the criteria that you were looking for. So we set it at
13: 2.5. We set the minimum that that uh, bidders could reply with at 2.5% right? as the escalator. So to if there has been some
7: competition, you might have seen somebody one-up somebody else. That's happened before, but there just isn't that many independent players out there.
3: So is there a look-back window in this contract that would allow for, let's say, year five to see where we're at? And is 2.5 enough? Is it? Or are we in theory locked in for the next twenty years at two point five?
13: I believe it's a five year contract with um. Yeah, they want they want for... the
7: ability to get out, frankly. So it's not a long term.
13: Okay. So they probably
0: aren't accepting changes at the five year mark, are they?
7: So it's, it, to... it's a five year initial term and then there's increments. So yeah, they, and they don't want right it longer extend. they want the ability to walk <laughs> away without a lot of penalties.
13: Mm-hmm. And and so the lease itself would still be um, is still subject to negotiation. So okay. I think the term of the lease, um, as I said, right now the sort of the draft that we included in the RFP is a five-year lease with options for a five-year renewal. Okay. Um, so in theory, again, that's all up for negotiation. So we could do a you know a two-year lease with a two-year optional renewal or. Something like that. That's just throwing random numbers out there. Okay. Um, So, I mean, if we we have any preferences on that, we could include that into, you know, the, the the, I guess our mindset as we head into the negotiation of the lease itself.
3: Okay. I'm going to do a little bit of homework, and I'll ping you in a day or two. I just have someone I'm going to give a quick call to. Okay.
13: Okay. Yeah, no worries. And I'm happy I can send you whatever else we have uh, for the existing contracts as well. Thank you. Yeah, no problem
0: so frank my question is uh is the water tower full at this point with antennas or do we have uh, uh, space available for more antennas
13: this would be the last vacancy available right
0: now. how about at uh, the hospital we, also full we're full
13: good there's only okay. uh, one carrier on the, on the state hospital tower and i have to defer to mo or um, the team and environmental partners as to why we can only have one versus three on different uh,
7: it's a different configuration yeah. it's a completely different configuration Okay.
0: Okay, do we have a motion then? Right, so. We so were... are
4: Given what Eileen, you're, if you're doing stuff, is the, are we approving this then?
0: We're, like yes, we're asked to approve it.
3: So can we push this to the 19th and I just make a phone call to someone just to check on something? Because if we vote to approve it, then there's no reason to make right. a phone call, right? That's why I'm
13: asking the question. Well, we so so yeah, we have... yeah
7: If you if you accept their proposal, you're certainly accepting the, the major component. So if you've got some question, I would. Yeah,
1: can we push on 19th? Agree it with the 19th makes more sense? All
0: right, so we'll hold on that then. Uh, number 10, vote to approve request for the ninth annual Hunters Run 5K and one mile fun run. Do we have a motion on that?
3: That's a no brainer, absolutely. Uh, vote to, whoop, I'm assuming, Gus, you're good down there, yes? Yes. Yep. Okay, vote to approve the request for the ninth annual Hunter's Run 5K and one mile fun run.
1: All in favor? Aye. If you second that? <laughs> yeah. I, never I thought he did. <laughs> if,
0: if there was a motion, I would have seconded there it.
4: There was a motion.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Next, uh, number 11, vote to sign the State 911 Department Training Grant Fiscal Year 2024 application.
13: Frank, are you going to tell us about this? Sure. So this is um, a grant program that the police department has worked with uh, for the past at least three or four, maybe even closer to five years. It basically offers reimbursement for uh, dispatch, dispatch training. Um, you're all probably very familiar with it. So if I'm providing more information that you need, then we can move on. But uh, I think the focus in the past has been on cross training. Um, officers on emergency management dispatch and, and things like that but if it's anything specific i'm happy to follow up chief no this is pretty straightforward and well so in, sorry guys
4: no i was going to say the, the thing i found interest about the grant is actually the bulk of the money is to pay for the people's time yeah not the actual yeah. registration for the event yeah. so it's kind of nice the grant is picking up the labor costs that's right. associated with it
13: and just one uh, small administrative thing uh, christine is actually listed as the authorized signatory with the state department the state agency that runs the grant program um, so when we motion, I think it'd be best to vote to authorize the town administrator to sign the state 911 department training grant, so on and so forth. Okay. Do you want to make a motion, Eileen?
3: All right. So motion to vote to sign the state 911 department training grant fiscal year 2024 application, as well as authorizing the town administrator to sign the contract?
0: The application. Yeah. Application. Okay. Excuse yep. that's
13: yep. No, fine. Second.
0: All those in favor? Aye. Uh, number 12, uh, vote to accept Council on Asia's gift from the American Legion Beckwith Post 110 in the amount of $400.
13: So as we continue to try and um, formalize policies and procedures across the board, um, this, uh, this came up recently. The Select Board should accept uh, <coughs> accepting gifts on behalf of all town departments. So you'll be seeing these on your agendas moving forward as they come up. Um, we're actually going to be holding on um, the second one for Parks and Recreation, um, just waiting for a few details to be final there, um, but in the future you'll see the department, um, typically the person who's making the award, I guess there is a chance that that person could remain anonymous or opt not to be identified, um, the amount, and then also if there are any restrictions on the use of the um, of the gift, in this case there are no such restrictions.
3: Okay. motion yes please all right to vote to accept the council on aging gift from the american legion beckwith post 110 in the amount of 400 dollars.
4: a second
0: all in favor aye and then uh 13 consent agenda we have a request from the friends of the Medfield state uh, headfield high school theater society to play sandwich boards in the usual locations advertising a the string play from February
13: 16th through March 1 yes. and I think um Brittany had sent around uh that's yeah her... we did read it. Oh, okay yep. I'm sorry I'm overly no, we're, we're with eager <laughs>
0: we took care of that before
4: the meeting this is a side comment. if you notice the main intersection between North Street and, and 109 the signs on that corner are starting to look like a little fortress there. There's so
3: many signs that
4: approved <laughs> that they're, they're solid.
3: Yeah. You want to hang if you have a snowball it's fight. A lot you can hide. Yeah. You have lots to hide
0: yeah, behind. It's a, it's a pretty big if pile. If they've all been approved myself. I'm think,
3: not maybe. sure about that. All right. So a motion yeah. on that one?
0: I'll have to stop and raise them if it's one. Okay. <laughs>
1: Second.
3: Uh, I didn't motion yet. Motion to uh, (laughs) to approve the request from the Friends of Medfield High School Theater Society to place sandwich boards on the usual locations advertising the spring play from February 16th to March 1st.
4: February 26th through March 1st. 11th, excuse me. Right?
3: Yeah, the update was February 16th through March 1st. Oh, Yeah, the, the staple one is wrong. The handout that Brittany gave us is the
0: update
4: all right okay stand corrected and second
0: all those in favor Aye. Uh, yeah um
3: no meeting minutes wow love that
0: let's see uh town administrator updates frank
13: just one small thing um from our town clerk just a reminder nomination papers uh are available from the town clerk's office starting on december 15th they are due back by february 5th at 5 p.m and then just as a general reminder Annual town election is March twenty fifth,
3: twenty twenty four. That's all I've got. No postcards from abroad.
13: None yet. <laughs> None yet.
0: Gus, do you have any? Uh, just a cu- couple things.
4: Uh, Wednesday, November 29th I tuned in for the uh, Mass Municipal Association webinar on form of government. Which was actually pretty good. I, you know, I'll forward the, the recordings to the two of you. It's basically I, I was there too. You were there too. Okay, so you saw it. I, the one, th- I, it's an interesting discussion because it's a lot of other towns that have gone from open town meeting to representative town meeting, or they've got to town councils. So it's just interesting to listen to the considerations they had. The one thing that I took from it that I didn't know that was interesting. This <clears throat> this was before you got on the board, Eileen, but you may recall a couple of years ago, Pete, we were entertaining the question of whether the town clerk should be appointed rather than elected. Uh, and that never came to anything. We st- we kept with it as being elected, but there apparently is a provision in the state laws that allow a town by town meeting action to grant tenure to a town clerk. Hmm. Uh, so the town in that circumstance, the town clerk would be elected. But if the town was happy enough with that town clerk, the recognition that there's skills and knowledge town clerks need to have. So it's not just a matter of finding somebody on the street who happens to live in town that can be your town clerk, you can grant t- uh, tenure. And according to what they said, that's good until they, at their option, I guess they can stay there until they're 70. Wow. Uh, so there, there was an interesting conversation around the challenges of trying the kinds of the kinds of talent that you need to fill town positions in today's modern world a lot of the flat bias that towns had in the past include medfield that says oh we want to hire people from in town and the if you're going to elect them that's where the pool is right because they're the only ones who can run for town office so some of the push the other towns from hearing the speakers my impression it was p you may have heard it differently but there are some towns that are not as far along in having appointed positions as we are so somewhat like they had they had uh there was one town that they, they didn't have a director of they actually had an elected position of yeah, director amazing. of highways or something. Like yeah and and so some of them were moving from elected office to appointed office but the I think they've they've got a lot more elected offices than we do. Uh but I thought it was an interesting uh we- webinar. So that was one uh then last night we were all at the uh, session around the, the economic development of the industrial extensive zone, which was an interesting discussion. Nice turnout. Uh and then uh this afternoon I uh, they, I'm I'm the designated representative for the MBTA Advisory Council. So every every town that has even an indirect relationship with the MBTA like we do, has a representative Uh, and I've been trying to tune in for those. We are kind of in the second ring in terms of interest uh, because you got people complaining about where their bus stops are and stuff like that. Um, But there was an interesting discussion. They have a new uh, chief operating officer who has come up through, they said he's actually an engineer. He said sometimes to maintain his currency he actually takes the train down to, I think he goes to King, he lives South Shore. So he, he actually is the guy driving the train to Kingston to maintain his currency. So huh. it was a interesting discussion, uh, mostly a lot of complaints from people that weren't getting things they wanted the MBTA to do. And uh, the, the MBTA has gone through a process of trying to revitalize things. So. It's sort of interesting to hear what they're up to, and I'm waiting to see when the financial crunch really starts rearing its head. That
0: new guy that's running the MBTA seems pretty Brian, impressive.
4: Yeah, he's a good guy. Seems like he's he's good.
0: That's it. Eileen? All right.
3: So I, too, sat in the planning session last night. Nice turnout, good discussion, a little exercise to draw ideas and, and comments from uh, neighbors and community members uh attended the memo tree lighting um which nice turnout mother nature messed with us a little bit but not too bad um but it was fun i, I bumped into katie uh, from park and rec and she told me that they did over 350 s'mores great turnout um gene i'm assuming you had a good turnout so it was all i've heard a lot of good good feedback so all good and then uh we were all in the parade on saturday what weather cooperated so that was nice um, and then I unfortunately couldn't do the Angel Run this uh, past Sunday, but I hope that all went well. Good, but it's always a fun weekend in Medfield right now as everyone gets ready for the holidays. So that is all I've done in the last uh, week.
0: And... So the Angel Run had uh, very bad weather, but uh, over 400 people showed up, I think. So that, that was good, and uh, and it was so nice. Evan Weisenfeld, the former president of the. Uh, Mitchell Foundation and and his wife, Sue, even though they don't live in town anymore, came back and ran and, and he sent a, He's uh, very technologically adept. He sent some sort of a picture and talking about how they, how he really didn't want to come, but when he did, it was really fun. So. Oh, good. That's good.
3: I took my mom to a play in, in the theater. So I, um, I get a chance to run.
0: So a successful event. Um, and, uh, Gene, your holiday stroll is just—it's it's getting to be very it's awesome. large. It's so—it's congratulations. It's working, and and the um, I heard someone was it Rich, um, uh, Susan and Rich from the church. He said that she is like the best singer-songwriter in Boston or something. She was excellent. I can't remember her name now, but she was just say it again?
5: Jill McCracken.
0: Jill McCracken for those at home. And she was, she was great. She was the last act and she was fabulous. Uh, um, Let's see. Um, The uh, MAPC and uh, land use uh, joint meeting on the industrial extensive zone had maybe 40, 50 people show up, which I thought was way more than I expected. Um, So that was good that they, they got turnouts. A lot of them were were uh, neighbors. I saw a man at one table with a Sam White's shirt, and uh, and people were saying, "Oh, I live here," and so there was a lot of people are interested in what's going on in their neighborhood. Clearly,
3: um, especially in their backyard, as they say.
0: Yep, yeah. um, I went to uh, the uh, MMA legislative update, and I guess the the big news there is that the revenue is down um, after being up for a couple of years. So that isn't good. Um, they're putting out more money, however, so that's good uh revenue forecast for f y twenty five is down almost three percent unfortunately so, um, i had office hours and uh I had uh, yeah i was just busy at my office hours uh they, they they couldn't get there they wanted to come, so that was good that uh, that's available. Last night, the Medfield Foundation Legacy Fund held a uh, evening for ha- have their grantees come and report back with what they've done with the monies. It was held over the Zulu, and uh, apparently that went well, although since I was at the MAPC, I missed most of it, so. <laughs> and that's it for me. Do we have a motion to adjourn then? Motion to adjourn.
6: Second. All I- in favor? I- Aye. Thanks right. for coming, everybody. <clears throat> Thank you.